Drama City Productions presets. Access granted. Welcome, nerd. Episode 38. Loading movie news. Mandy review comics and Hell in a Cell review. Load complete. Don't be afraid of me. I'm Hey, this is David. This is the Amazing Nerd Show, episode thirty-eight. Yes, Jesus I'm sorry to lose track. I, I am too. asking you every week. Do we now. have to number these episodes? I feel like every other podcast numbers their episodes. We're just kind of like <laughs> stuck in that rut. But I don't know. We number them. We give them extremely long titles for some reason. It makes us feel old, though. <laughs> thirty-eight, Jesus, and that's one after another. We haven't really missed a week, so nope. just one. All right, we're gonna try something new. We're gonna tell you what we're gonna talk about up front oh yeah here we go so this week we are doing a mandy review mm-hmm. we are talking hell in the cell we've got all your latest nerd news uh what else are we talking about oh we're talking comics yes infinity wars continues on that's about it right yeah uh getting into news we gotta start talking about new shows that could possibly come to your Streaming device? I think? Yeah, holy shit. Did Disney like just drop a huge bomb on us? Like just last night, really. Um I mean, variety. They, they just kind of slid it in. Yeah, right? I didn't hear any rumors of this <laughs> whatsoever. Um Variety's reporting that the Disney streaming, you know, channel app, I don't know what the hell they're calling it yet. I, they don't even have a release date for it, right? I I haven't heard. Yeah, I haven't heard shit about it. So but anyway. They're going to actually start running MCU shows. Um, not like, you know, the Marvel Netflix uh, mm-hmm. shows. It's going to be, you know, actually run by, like, Kevin Foggy, um, you know, is going to oversee everything. So Marvel Netflix is, like, seen, overseen by the Marvel TV departments. It's a whole separate department. So what we're going to be getting is more like, like I guess, Marvel series focused on mcu characters would you consider that like an extended shorts almost i don't know so it looks like what they're doing right now it looks like the first two they haven't announced it but the first two they they basically said could be possibly a series is loki and scarlet witch um it was a very weird Mm. article like all the wording and stuff it was like are you just testing the waters or what i mean i'm sure they already have you know the oars in the water and they're moving along um and we're just now hearing about this but they're talking about loki and a scarlet witch show um it's they're not saying whether or not it's going to be an ongoing series Mm. or a mini series but they did give you us an episode count of like between like uh six to ten episodes um and it seems like there's going to be more characters to come after that to follow um so i don't it it, i mean it sounds insane and they're supposed to have an impressive budget you know once again well um, especially with a short amount of episodes they can definitely play around with that even more 
Yes. Oh, absolutely. It's not like they're doing a 23-episode series and it's like yeah. everything has to have that. No, and they could do as many budget. episodes as they want. because True, I mean, it's their look, service. And, it, you know, look at what BBC does with their episodes, like Sherlock and stuff like that. They mm. do, like, one season will be, like, five episodes, and the next season will be, like, eight episodes. Mm. So it's just, like, as many episodes as we need to tell the story that we want to tell, which makes perfect sense. Mm. Um, and then I'm sure just budget-wise, it'll be off the chain. Like, especially if you're going to do, like, a low-key kind of standalone series. I mean, you got to figure that they're going to be in, like, Asgard at some mm. point. So right then and there, I mean, you've got to, you know, throw a lot of money onto that screen because we've seen Asgard. We've seen, you know, the whole mythology, but you know, behind Thor and Loki. So we know what it's supposed to look like. So if they do anything that's less, it's going to really stick out. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm excited about this. Mm. Well, I mean, with that being said, do you think that means they start to slow down other forms of TV production that they have going? Well, since it's a separate department, mm. you're talking about like Marvel Netflix? Not even like that. Maybe like their ABC shows and like... I think those are naturally slowing down. Like S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. is on like, I think their seventh or eighth season at this point. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they move just to streaming if they decide to continue um, with the series. Mm. Uh, but I know recently, spoilers, if you don't watch the show, they did end up like kind of killing off Coulson um, in a way, a roundabout way, or he's like on his on the verge of dying. So he's kind of retired. So it seems like they're slowing down naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, that would be it would be nice to bring that into there so that they could maybe play around with other MCU characters if they if they want to have yeah. them. Like, series-wise, I mean, that'd be interesting. Because you can really focus on characters like Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, characters who don't really get their just amount of time on, you know, film. You want a Hawkeye sitcom, then? A, a sitcom? You want yes. a sitcom? <laughs> <laughs> I really would love to see, like, a spy thriller series with, like, Hawkeye. Or Black Widow. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they have already announced that they're going to do a movie. But I feel like Black Widow would really like lend itself to an awesome series. Um, I'm trying to. Is there any other characters that you would like to see get this treatment out of the current roster? Maybe, maybe Thor. I'd rather see that go down into there because I I feel like he can make a cool episodic, you know, series, especially with him, Thor and friends, almost. You know? <laughs> can it actually be called Thor and friends? That'd be nice. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I want to see them at the bar drinking and everything, mm. you know, getting into like bar room, like brawls. Like I can see, um, with like Frost Watsiti being able to really pull out a cool Thor story in episodic form. Yeah, I just really, I, yeah. If they're gonna do that, I want him involved. Like I, anything Thor, I need him <laughs> to be involved now. So I feel like he's now redefined mm. who Thor is and what that character is in the MCU. So he um, definitely needs to be attached. Not to pull too far away from this, but did you see that all the cast for the reshoots uh, went to a restaurant recently? No, I did not see that. Oh yeah, there was an image that they all went to the re- like some random opening for a restaurant, and they all took a photo together. And um, Taco was there, so everyone's assuming he's going to be a big like he his character will be a part of the next film. Oh. In some way. Oh, that'd be cool. The Rock Guy, I don't remember what it's called. No, I don't remember either. Was it Kronk or something? something. I don't remember. (laughs) So, well, I mean, a lot of the Asgardians, like half the Asgardian ship Mm -hmm. did escape, so they could come into play, uh, which would be cool, too, because we didn't see uh, whatever happened to, um, what's her name? 
God damn it. Oh, uh, Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Thank you. Valkyrie. Yeah. So, I mean, that'd be nice to have her part of the movie. You know, I, I almost assumed she was going to. And I think she actually, the actress teased that she was in, you know, Infinity Wars and then she just didn't show up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be awesome, you know, to have her back. I know you weren't a huge fan, but, you know, you can go screw yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't a huge fan of that film in general. Of Thor? The of, Thor? Of Ragnarok compared to everyone else, so. Of I don't know. I'm so disappointed in you, Christian. Let's move on. <laughs> Before I can't podcast with you anymore. Um, but yeah, no. I, I. But you would like to see... With that being said, you would like to see a Thor series. Yes. With what's-his-name actually attached to it. Yes. That makes no sense. <laughs> I would like to see... Like, I didn't like your movie, but I want to I want to, I want to see a, a TV show. I feel like the punches would be less, like, hard to watch... In a series format, rather than would you have a, a laugh track or something like? Is that what you're envisioning? No, I here? hope not. <laughs> at the same time, it's, there was too many jokes in the damn. There was. I agree with that, but it didn't ruin the movie for me. So <laughs> let's not go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> you're asking. Do we ever review? Do we review that on this podcast? That was a different podcast. I think that was that. a different okay. Podcast. All right. So I'm getting my podcast mixed <laughs> up. But anyway, um, it, so anyone else you'd like to see get their own like? MCU trying to think of current roster. Um, are we are we allowed to pick side characters? You can pick anyone, man. Side characters, villains. Sherry, have Sherry have a little series. That would series. be awesome. That would be great. Um, we'd really be busting the budget there, though. <laughs> you know, having to be in Wakanda and everything like that. Well, yeah. she could be running around. They're really doing just different. They're Disney. They can do whatever the hell they mm. want. They've got the money, so I mean, why like, not? They're spreading the knowledge of Wakanda to the rest of the world. They could be like her doing different like misadventures, going to each town. I would like to see Falcon. I wouldn't mind seeing Falcon. That's not a bad idea. I think that'd be awesome. Um, you know, because I mean, I love every time he's in a scene. I feel like he steals it. So I, I definitely could see him kind of holding his own in his own series. But yeah, yeah, that's a man. When when you said Scarlet Witch, though, I immediately started to get this kind of idea of, especially when we don't have any idea what they're going to be doing with X-Men when that comes around, if it does come around. So what kind of storylines would they be giving Scarlet Witch at this point? And is it just going to be dark all the time? Is this going to be their more darker like well, series? could you get a series where they're kind of exploring power set like where maybe she's you know visiting Doctor Strange and she kind of is trying to figure out exactly how her power works because that's something that's ongoing mm-hmm. with the book it's never really quite clear exactly how her power works like even Doctor Strange through the whole like uh, uh, dissembled event that happened years ago um, when she went you know mm-hmm. batshit crazy <laughs> he was like wait a second she's using what that doesn't make any sense it's like <laughs> Well, strange. How did how, how why did it take this long for you to figure this out? Um, and like basically, kind of like saying, "Well, no, her powers don't work that way. That that's not magic. That does you know." So just it would be interesting to see like them go that route and kind of explore her powers, or mm-hmm. maybe like you know, it's more of a supernatural show, and she's kind of you know taking on these you know, you know, almost Buffy like you know villains weekly. Oh, interesting. It could be fun. As long as, they, as long as it's not Titans, it's fine. You know? <laughs> that series hasn't come out yet. I did see a little like snippet of, I guess it was Dick Grayson and Jason Todd 
um, in an elevator together from mm. Titans. It was like a quick little scene. And uh, Jason Todd like talks about like driving the Batmobile and like Dick Grayson's like noticeably annoyed that he gets to drive the Batmobile because he never got to. So it was actually how old is this Jason Todd? Uh he's he's a he's a few years younger. Okay. Than Dick Grayson. Um, I'm just like saying in the show. It was a fun. It was a fun little scene though. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. I if this is what the show is, I. I, I'm gonna need a second trailer. No, I'm gonna need (laughs) yes, but more of that. Give me more of that. So, because yeah, that's that first trailer did nothing for me. Mm. Yeah, did nothing but turn me off. So, but I was like, I was like, Jason Todd's in this. That was, you know, I did not expect it because Dick Grayson seems to be Robin. Mm-hmm. So unless he's wearing the Robin costume, and maybe this is like right before he goes through the transition into becoming Nightwing. Maybe that's what this whole first season's about. I have a good feeling. Now that you've mentioned Jason Todd being there, yeah, like, okay, it's got to be. Maybe that's why he's got so much angst towards mm-hmm. Batman. You know, so fuck Batman, right? Fuck Batman. <laughs> um, on the on the other side for uh, DC, we also have the first images of Walking Phoenix as the Joker. Yeah, what did you think? Um, I mean, it was it didn't do anything for me. It's just he lost walking. weight noticeably. Yeah, <laughs> he really looks like the fucking Joker. Like he looks like he was drawn by someone. You know, like it, it, it's crazy. Like I've never seen it. Like I don't know. I never thought about it. You've seen I've seen him in multiple movies, mm-hmm. but like actually, like looking at everything, like you know, people are doing a lot of those like split screen things online yes. with him, and it's like holy shit, he like really putting the makeup on him. And well, no, things. but like just having him in like another oh, movie, okay. like you know, another role next to like a picture of the Joker, I'm like holy shit, he really looks like the Joker. It's a, it's impressive. Um, it's really, and he's a fantastic actor yes. on top of everything. So I'm getting more excited like seeing that. Um, you know, it, it's curious to see what they're doing. I mean, we got his name. He's Arthur Fleck. So that's bizarre to me. I just always assume the Joker's name is Jack just because, of, <laughs> you know, the 89, uh, you know, the original Tim Burton Batman movie. But, you know, whatever. I mean, we don't know his actual name. No, ever, so. no. I, it, but this definitely looks like pre-Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how much of an origin we're getting here where you know everyone's been speculating you know people are throwing around killing joke and you know which is a dream for me that would be fantastic if we get like an actual like you know retelling of the killing joke on screen like well done mm-hmm. version with you know with joaquin phoenix robert de niro's already on board for this um movie so that's a he's supposed to be some kind of like talk show host or game show host it sounds like um that's rumored i believe i don't know if that's like concrete but yeah so they're putting a nice cast around him i don't know i'm excited i know a lot of people don't want to see an origin of the joker and get (laughs) it my argument's always like well we kind of did get an origin of the joker already so and we've had multiple Mm. in the past um you know and if you don't like it you forget about it. You don't really, it, you know, as long as it's a good movie, I'm on board. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. If anything, they'll just use I it agree later. the Joker doesn't need an origin, mm. but for me, the greatest Joker story ever told is Killing Joke, which is basically an origin yes. story. So I kind of find it funny when people like bristle at the thought of a Joker <laughs> origin story. So. I'm just saying, like, even if you don't like this, they'll just use it at some point down the road as, oh, this was just another yes. origin. That's it. Right? You mm. just completely write it off. You know, and that goes for any remake or reboot or any, you know, sequel. 
you just forget about it. And like now we're seeing studios do that. Like, oh, you know, all those Halloween movies that happened after the first one? We just forget about them. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> it's just 40 years later. Let's go ahead. You know, so I mean, we're seeing that left and right. Yes. Whatever, man. <laughs> it's a crazy time we it's live a in, crazy Christian. Time. And also probably the biggest news of the week. Yes. We got a Captain Marvel trailer. Yes, the first look at that film. Yes. Um, it lived up to my expectations. I can say that. I, I was definitely impressed by the CGI. Just from a trailer standpoint, usually we get maybe like something that's 50 to 70% done, but this yeah. looks like polished. Yes. This already, is, and you know that they're going to make sure that mm. they're going to give you, their, you know, put their best foot forward on this. You're not going to make... I feel like Marvel usually does a pretty good job about this. Yes, but they... Like, I guess I'm, maybe I'm walking off of, like, the Venom trailers where we got yeah, something that's that was MCU, 90% that's Sony. <laughs> that's Sony. Um, but, yeah, no, I was I was very impressed with it. It felt like it kind of, like, and it's just a trailer, mm. mind you. But I felt like it got the tone of what I wanted um, from the Captain Marvel movie, right? You know, um, I found it interesting. It seems like what I'm getting from the trailer. It's kind of implying that Carol doesn't really know her like you know full history yes so um you know i found that curious that it seems like she's been you know with the creed for a while and she has memories of earth but she doesn't know if they're real um so i, I thought that was interesting that they're going that route with the character mm. so um you know i i don't know it should be pretty cool though I there was i like this um shot play that they had where it was captain marvel looking very serious not i mean um miss marvel Carol looking because yeah. I have to say Captain Marvel for the guy as well. So yes, have Carol looking um, He's very Marvel. Marvel. There you yeah. go. Looking very serious, but then they also have Marvel looking at her. Well, they, the way they cut it is like they look like they're against each other at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very interesting. I I like that the internet is, doesn't understand what scrolls are too. So oh, a lot really? of people are like confused by why she would punch an old lady on the. Oh yes. <laughs> yes, we ju- we we already jumped on the meme train with yes. that. So yes, there's been literally like a hundred memes in the last mm. like twenty four hours with that very scene. So um, yeah, that's hilarious. It's a badass scene though. If oh, you don't know what a scroll is, yeah, I can see <laughs> just why. Oh okay. my god, she beats up grandmothers. <laughs> I never even thought about that. Yes, there uh, are plenty of fans that know nothing about her character. Well, they right in the trailer it shows the scroll and then it shows her on the train, yes. right? Okay, so okay, yeah. But if you don't know what a scroll is, you don't mm. understand. These are shapeshifters, you know. I guess okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, I I I was really really excited about everything I saw mm. in that trailer. God damn it, man. Samuel Jackson. I mean, it looks like he went through a time machine. It doesn't make any sense what they could do. And he's in, like, multiple shots mm-hmm. in that trailer. And it just looks flawless. It really does. Do you think he... Is he a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent at this point? I don't know. It, um, it sounds like... Uh, is it in... During the narration? Like, does he say something about, like, being close to retirement? Or, yeah. like... He, he like, sounds like, I'm, I was about to quit yeah. at this point. But then you showed up and I'm all in now. Maybe. Um, I mean, it gave me this kind of... Maybe like, he's like a little, detective or some form of... Like, he looks CIA more of agent. like a detective than mm-hmm. anything. Or maybe he's on like the lower level of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and, you know, just done with it. And then, you know, Captain Marvel comes on the scene and kind of brings him back. And I don't know. I'm not sure. 
Um, but I can't get over the fact that he looks like yeah. he's in his 30s or 40s. <laughs> even like just side profile shots. Even uh, like they show a brief like shot of Coulson. And I was like, holy shit, look at that. But all you have to do is throw hair on him. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't know. God damn it. March can't get here soon enough. No. Um, but yeah, that's about it news-wise. Was there anything else that, uh, how's, uh, how's the Spider-Man game going? Uh, Spider-Man's going fine. Um, I'm in this weird, like, point where, like, you're doing a lot of missions also as Mary Jane. You're just, like, running around as a... Do you have powers? No, she doesn't have any Because this storyline's all over the place. We discussed that last week. Okay. <laughs> uh, not to spoil... Well, okay, I won't mention... But there's another... I, I think I've already said it in a previous episode, but there's Miles missions that you're going to have yeah. eventually down the road, and apparently you did mention that. Better, so. Okay. So then you kind of go on... I'm in a very other... middle spot with this story, so... Okay. You feel like you've got a lot to go, though? Yes, I do. Okay. Personally. Okay. Are there people who are finishing the game already? Yeah. But, I mean, they have time, and <laughs> I work. They live on their parents' couch <laughs> in the basement, probably. So, yeah, because the game just came out, mm. what, like a week ago? Was uh, it a week ago? Yeah. Okay. About a week and a half, I think. Okay. Um, I guess that's doable, though. I mean, the only other thing I can think of game news-wise would be um, Sony announced that they're going to have a mini PlayStation 1 coming out. Oh, I saw that. Yes. I saw that. I actually got excited about that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I don't know. I... I was trying to think of what games that I personally enjoyed, and most of them were play- PS2 games rather than PS1 games, so I was like, eh, I can live without this. Yeah, the PS2 was where it was at, Yeah, honestly. Would they, so are the games actually embedded into the player? Yes, it comes with 20 games, I believe. 20, can you upload more games eventually? I feel like you can. Okay. Because the way that they made it sound was like, oh yeah, there's like, you can switch between, with a certain button, I don't know. With the NES that came out, mm-hmm. could you upload more games to that? Um, I didn't look into it, but I'm, I'm assuming you probably can. Okay. They wouldn't want to give up an opportunity. Did like they do that. a Sega? Did they do a Genesis? Um, I know they did the I've NES. S- they did um, Super Nintendo. I've seen like Genesis out there, but I don't know if it's the same thing. Like It seems like a... I mean, they've been doing all these. Because okay. I could really go for some Ultra Beast. <laughs> Yeah. I'm so, I am Rise assuming, from your grave. I'm assuming the Nintendo 64 is coming soon. Oh, there we go. Mm. Mario Kart all the way. Although you could probably play that on any <laughs> console, right? Even like, right, you could, like the the Wii had, you could download the old games on the mm. Wii, I believe. Because I think I did actually like download like Legend of Zelda. Well, now Mario. what they do is they will like remaster it again and then make you pay for it. Again, now oh, that sucks. I mean, it'll be cheap, but it'll be like they want. Can you, to you pay notice, more. like when they remaster, was just better, like it looks clearer. I guess. Like, yeah. how do you remaster a game like Super Mario Brothers? Per se, there's two ways games usually get remastered. There's either they completely redo it from scratch, and it's like like the only thing they keep maybe is the animation, but everything else, like the bare bones animation, I mean, everything, all the skins and everything is like brand new, or they just make the old game in HD form, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. I don't want them to fuck with Super Mario Brothers, so I'm okay <laughs> with them not, like... Because really... Well, Mario Maker uh, pretty much allows, like, you can create the all, lines, and right? it's the perfect, it's the exact look and everything. But is that the one where it's, like, 3D also? You like, can you can make it 3D, yeah. If you want? Okay. Because mm-hmm. I think I've seen, like, just, like, like screenshots of that, but I've never played it, obviously, so... <laughs> Don't fuck with my Mario. Oh. But, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, man. So is that going to be out for the holidays? 
Uh, I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to make enough of them? Or are they going to, you know, people fucking I mean, toss them on eBay for... That's <laughs> how they get you, though. Hundreds want, They give them. you a short amount now, then they'll yes. release it again a short later. Run. Yeah. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and I fall for it every time. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Christian? Yes, Dan? Let's talk about a girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a girl named Mandy. So this past weekend, I saw through a million posts online mm-hmm. that Mandy was being released. I checked all my local listings, and there was like two showings at the music box in the city. That was it. Like it wasn't playing anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But then underneath it was an ad for it being on Amazon Prime, which I had no clue that it was actually like being released, like to stream and to ah, watch. So you got to enjoy it in the comfort of your own home. Yes, at like one o'clock in the morning. Like it was a total like impulse buy. I was like, mm-hmm. let's watch Mandy. And I did. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I watched. Um, so let's read the little blurb here okay. to kind of frame where we're at because it's definitely going to take me a lot to get through exactly mm-hmm. to unravel this riddle. But, um, Mandy is set in the primal wilderness of 1983, where Red Miller, a broken and haunted man, hunts an unhinged religious sect who slaughtered the love of his life. And Red Miller's played by Nicolas Cage. So, um, man, so this movie is directed by, and I'm going to slaughter his name, Panos Cosmatos, Cosmatos? Um, this is his second, I believe, feature. Uh, this movie is just balls to the wall insane. Um, I know you watched the trailer and everything. This movie is not the trailer at all. And I think that's what kind of threw me off, um, about this movie. Um, and that might've been a bad thing, um, but we'll get there. So, um... You open up this movie and you're kind of introduced to Nicolas Cage's character, Red, but not really. (laughs) She's just kind of driving to his cabin in the woods. The cabin is insane. It's like just all windows. It's very surreal looking um, to the point where like he's driving up to the cabin. I'm almost like, is this a dream or is this a real place? Um, Their bedroom, like one wall is literally just a window. Like it's just a giant fucking window. Um, it's beautiful, but just bizarre. Like, and that's the whole fucking movie, <laughs> you know, just like these weird, like kind of set pieces that, you know, it's very dreamlike. I'll say that. Um, you're introduced to him and I think it's his wife. Maybe it's his girlfriend right off the top. Like, and you can tell that they have a very like loving relationship. Um, but you don't really get to know the characters that well. Okay. Just kind of, you can see that they're deeply in love with each other. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> we're, we live with them for a little bit and then we go to like Mandy kind of walking through the woods and she basically crosses paths with this cult, a car full of like this cult that the cult leader kind of is, you know, taken aback by her you know they kind of lock eyes and as they drive past and then like he's obsessing over her the next day um and then they decide he decides that you know he needs his lackeys to kind of track her down um that he has to have her Mm -hmm. so 
it's it's crazy. It, it just, like <laughs> this and, whole movie. It's basically Stanley Kubrick doing a revenge movie, like the way it's shot. Which it, it does that even make any sense? <laughs> Not really. So it's very surreal. It's right. very dreamlike. Um, but it is a slow burn of a movie, hmm. which if you watch the trailer, you wouldn't guess that at all. This trailer kind of promises you like this kind of insane balls to the wall, mm. you know, nonstop, just in, insanity, you know, action packed insanity. That's not what well, that's this... where I was picturing, especially when you get to like, okay, they said the plot, he saw the girl, they're going to chase after her. Movie starts. That's what I would assume, but that's literally we live with. Honestly, we don't even live with Nicolas Cage for that long. The first half of this movie, we're more with um, Mandy and the cult. So we kind of go back. We we see the cult like hanging out. Um, We kind of get an idea of like who's playing what role in the cult. You know, just in their interactions. Mm. You know, they all kind of follow the leader. um, You know, and they're very submissive to him. Uh, Mandy seems pretty bizarre herself. Um, all their conversations, you know, between Mandy and Red are just, I don't know, weird. She's reliving like past memories where her father had like them kill some bird or something that lived in their backyard, like all her brothers and sisters. And, you know, obviously it traumatized her, which rightfully so, but it was just, just really dreamlike you know, bizarre kind of, I don't know, dialogue where you're just like, what the hell is going on? Um, these beautiful, beautiful shots, though. The soundtrack is just amazing. Um, it's done by Johan Johansson, who actually just passed away. So um, he he did the score, and it's this really just, like, haunting mm-hmm. score that, like, stays throughout the whole movie. Um, it's always there. It's very kind of quiet at parts where you don't even really notice it it kind of like seeps into your like subconscious though um really really um just a lot of like deliberate shots that the director like made you can tell like he took a lot of time like with like all right i'm shining from this angle you know i'm gonna pan in here i'm panning. you could tell that he took his time with like how he really framed his shots um you know, and it really just leads to this very surreal feeling where you're kind of like it it takes you outside of the box of where filmmakers usually go. You're not in a safe like zone because it's something that you haven't really seen before. Um, and that's why I'm kind of like comparing it to Kubrick. Um, but I don't know if that's a great comparison just because you could tell like everything he did was for a reason. I don't know what the fuck that reason was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. And this is kind of a movie where I feel like there's layers to, mm. but you really got to go back and watch a few times to kind of catch everything. Um, because on paper, it's very simple. It's very cut and dry, you know. Uh, after, you know, the leader locks eyes with her and becomes obsessed with her. And this is all taking place within like a day or two. Um, they end up, you know, kidnapping her brings her back to like you know their their church which is this like weird bizarre like temple that's like a triad you know um just really aesthetically 
you know, beautiful, but like bizarre at the same time. And he's basically trying to get her like to brainwash her into this cult. They drug her with this weird bug and I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell's going on. Like I said, you feel like because of that. Well, because of that, there is. You know, she's you know completely like drugged up, and you know it fucks with you at the same time because you're kind of seeing things through her eyes at that point. Um, But she like basically laughs at all his advances. There's a part where he like strips down and he's completely naked in front of her. You know, and at first it seems like she's accepting Mm. of his invitation to this cult, and then she just starts to laugh at like hysterically laugh at him um and that just sets him off so that was a big mistake because then they you know uh, capture nick cage and then they go ahead and they basically burn her alive in front of him they have her in this like sleeping bag and they you know hold her upside down hanging and she burns alive and nicholas cage is forced to watch this happen um and that's where it becomes nicholas cage's movie because then you get to watch Nicolas Cage, mm. you know, become completely unhinged. Um, but that's, God, I want to say that's like an hour and ten minutes in to the movie. Yeah. Um, so and it that's takes about like two thirds, right? Yeah, uh, it's a two-hour movie. Right. It's a two-hour movie. So, um, I'm I love like '70s style filmmaking, slow burn filmmaking, but this I felt like was almost abusing your audience in a way just because i felt like with the trailer there you're almost promised one thing Mm -hmm. and then you get the complete opposite so i feel like it it might hurt fans reactions to this film i feel like their expectations are going to be in a completely different place from watching the trailer then when the you trailer get this is much kind of more hour, like Evil Dead Two or something. Yes, that's what it feels like. Yes. Um, so, oh, to capture them, I totally forgot about this. To capture them, they, and I don't know how I forgot this. They summon some bizarre creatures, and you don't know if they're demons at first. You're led to believe that they're these weird, like, acid heads that have been like mute i don't know what the fuck they are but it's very hellraiser like this movie borrows from a lot of genre films you know almost feels like a love letter to a lot of like 80s movies where like as a kid you weren't supposed to watch um this has a very much like um i spit on your grave vibe to it at times um last house on the left little texas chainsaw massacre they live on crystal lake they literally like it's they they name you know shout crystal lake so obviously you know they're going for that vibe um definitely um lots of practical effects throughout this movie too when he does when nicholas cage becomes unhinged and then he goes on the war path you're getting all practical effects mm. um he tracks down these bizarre demon creatures um, and it's just fucking insane it, it it really does go balls well but i don't know if it's enough to make up for that first hour. Um, for me, with like revenge movies, for them to truly work and not have it just be like, you know, exploitation like garbage, um, you know, death for death's sake, which I don't mind, trust mm-hmm. me. Um, you have to really get to know, you know, the, the two, the story of the yeah. characters and fall in love with the characters almost. So then 
you're on that quest with them when, you know, they suffer that loss. This did not do that at all for me. Um, so I feel like maybe I didn't really, you know, because you want to go through that, like, cathartic, like, moments when mm. they finally lose it and they're, like, out there and they make that first kill and, you know, they're on the rampage till the very end. You want to be with them. This was more of, let's watch Nicolas Cage completely go insane. And, yeah. you know, you can't, I don't know. Like, I wasn't really, I wasn't with him on his journey, I guess. And I think that was probably my biggest problem with the movie. I think if their relationship was more relatable and you got to know them more, then maybe this movie would have done more for me. Um that being said I think it's definitely if you're a fan of film this is definitely the kind of movie you want to watch just for the spectacle of it um, it's it's awesome having those practical effects back in movies and seeing them on mm. you know the big screen again and everything or the small screen <laughs> as I watched it I, guess. I would love to watch this on the big screen too especially with that score and everything um, I, I, I'm yeah, he's he's a great composer. Like when you said the name, I was like, I know that name. I know yeah, that yeah. I didn't really realize he passed away. Actually, I, I didn't either. Did Arrival, um, uh, Sicaro. Yes, yes. So I was really I was surprised that he passed away, but and it was just recently. It was like after mm-hmm. this was his last work, I believe. So, um, but yeah, no, I like I said, um, if you're a film buff, this is the kind of movie you want to go see. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if I can like highly recommend the movie. <laughs> Just because, I don't And maybe if they had a different trailer. Maybe if the trailer was different. in mm. my expectations If it was different. presented to you in a different way. Yes. Because, I mean... I think that's what... Because, like, after I watched that trailer, you mm. literally have two guys, you know, chainsaw fighting. Like, literally, one guy comes up with a chainsaw, the other guy pulls out an even bigger chainsaw. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that like... That sounds the, like a fun boss. Yes. And you do have those elements when he does go on his warpath. That is there. But, my God, the first hour and ten minutes is such a slow burn. That sounds... I mean, that sounds like that should have been like shortened to maybe the first 30 minutes and then you play around from the rest of it. Yes. I feel like the perfect version of this movie is probably 20 minutes shorter. Um, and I don't say that very often with films, you know. I don't mind a three-hour movie, you know. So I'm not that guy who needs all his movies to be an hour and a half. But this movie could definitely, I felt, I feel like it could have been strengthened by just being kept in an hour and a half. But that being said, like, I, I feel like it was definitely his love letter to, like, these genre movies, almost. Um, and, like, I do need to go back and watch it to see, like, where he was going with some things. Because there's some things that happen in this movie where I'm like, wait a second. Okay, what are you trying to say here? What are you trying to do? I feel like there's more levels of this movie to really explore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't do it in one sitting. Um, you definitely can't. I mean, this is, like, really, like, grind- grindhouse like, you know, movie making, like, meets, like, art house, like, movie making. It really feels like this weird, like, mesh. Kind of like how Hereditary was, um, mm-hmm. that was released earlier this year. Um, you know, you have all those, you know, fun grindhouse tropes in this movie, but then you have this, like, aesthetic of, like, art house film. So, um... Would you say it's almost Hereditary meets Red State? No, I wouldn't say Red State. 
I, it's it's hard, man. I really can't compare this movie to anything. You know, um, I would like I said, I feel like it's like I Last House on the Left, directed by like Stanley Kubrick. Like if that movie was directed by Stanley Kubrick, it's more of this like weird revenge movie, told in this like avant garde type way. So, um, like if you're a fan of film, check this out. Um, if you're just a genre buff, I would watch it, but I would go in, you know, just being cautioned that mm. this is not, you know, you, you're going to have to like, you know, be patient with this one. So, um, all in all, if I was going to give it a score star wise out of five stars, I would probably give it a three, Okay, you know, but it's the kind of movie where I feel like if I go back and watch, I might change my mm. score. So, um, but I'm not going to do that anytime middle soon. Ground is middle ground, so. What was that? I said middle ground is middle ground. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, definitely check that out though. I, I, I want to support movies like this regardless, mm. though. And if you are a genre fan and you're someone who just is online bitching about the fact that there are no great genre movies out there, but you're not going out and watching and supporting genre movies, then shut up. <laughs> go to your, like, you know, local theaters. Like, we've got, you know, the movies that we've got. Go out there and, you know, see these smaller movies. Because studios will catch on and they'll start making more and letting directors play, mm. you know, in their sandbox more. If you, you know, go and support them, you know, download it on Amazon Prime. So I'm, I'm, this movie had a lot of buzz, um, which was great after Sundance. So, I mean, critically, it's been getting praised um, big time. I just, I'm, I haven't seen the audience score. Mm. So I'm wondering, you know, if a lot of audiences were kind of taken aback at the pacing of this movie. Um, but yeah, that being said, you know, see the movie. So <laughs> judge for yourself. Don't listen to me. What the fuck do I know? <laughs> You're allowed an opinion. <laughs> well, yeah, I just gave it. <laughs> but still, see it for yourself, people. All right, on to comics. All right, so this week we had a couple Marvel comics to co- cover. Uh, I read Darth Vader this week, as usual, you know. Darth Vader you, comes out, I'm reading it. Are you trying to rub in that I haven't read it yet? I guess. <laughs> Um, I mean, this I was watching Mandy. goddammit. <laughs> uh, this would have been a weird one to step into, even though it's a very middle issue. Uh, let me read the blurb, I guess. Darth Vader returns to the place of his birth as he seeks the path to his destiny. Echoes from the past reach out to him, both from his own and from the dark history of the Sith. All right. So basically, the Emperor sends him out with a architect. To build his castle. And um, Vader, like the whole, like, in the issue, it's Palpatine and the architect, who, like, are completely different times. Like, the architect's on the ship trying to figure out what, what does um, Vader want as a place to live. And this sounds like one of those bad reality shows. Like, <laughs> it's kind of. On, like, A&E or something. Kind of. She's trying hard. It, it was interesting. Build a house for a Sith Lord. <laughs> and then Palpatine's like, you know, why do you want to live on Mustafar? And, like, um, he kind of explains that when he um, made his kyber crystal bleed when he killed the Jedi and he got the kyber crystal, um, he did it on Mustafar and um, he, like, was more connected to the Force than he ever felt anywhere else. Uh, Palpatine just assumes, no, this is really you just trying to reconnect with Padme in some form of way. 
Mm. Which is a safe bet. Yeah. Um, and it's a good little insulting moment for him. But, so um, he actually says that. Oh, yeah. Okay, nice. Palpatine doesn't hold back any of his thoughts. Okay. And any issue. He's just like, yeah, fuck you. Does he, <laughs> does he treat Vader like a bitch? Yes. Because it very... Like in the films, always kind of felt like that. That he's like a little mm. more than a laugh. He goes on to say, you know, like... It doesn't matter to me as long as you are stronger because your power is my power. <laughs> bitch. Exactly. <laughs> you should have thrown in a bitch. Um, I guess during this moment, um, before he leaves, uh, I mean, they show this later on in the issue, but um, apparently Palpatine gave him some artifacts that he had collected over time. And one of them is this like special helmet um, that was the owned by a Sith Lord that was completely erased from history. And... Um, you know, Vader's like, I've never heard of this guy in either Jedi or Sith holocrons. How mm-hmm. do you, how do you know the stories? And he's like, the helmet told me. So so hold on to that. Okay. So we go so we go back to the architect. Uh, she's got a helper with her, and you know, Vader's like, just let me be. I'm gonna go meditate um, over where he bled the um, Kyber crystal. Mm-hmm. Uh, just build it, and uh, just built it. <laughs> pretty okay. much um, design it. Um, so. She's like, I've dealt with this before, stuff like that. You know, customers that just don't know what they want or customers that are, um, you know, very picky, but are, she's trying to figure him out mm-hmm. in a side of way. Like, uh, she's like, what's his style? Like, uh, cause they go in, um, Padme's ship and everything. So she's like, how does he have such this beautiful, nice ship? But, uh, don't choose the wrong color scheme. <laughs> he will choke your ass out. Oh, before I get too far. Okay. So they're having this whole conversation on the ship while they're flying over to Mustafar. They're like, um, you know, he has this such a beautiful ship, yet he seems so dark and simple and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Vader takes control of the ship, decides to fly in, and the way he flies in is he he um, turns off the shields to the ship and completely burns up the ship so it gets as mangled as possible. <laughs> and then it lands, and he's like, perfect <laughs> why what was the reason i guess he wanted just a masochist it, he wanted it more mashed up because um the emperor had it being fixed up oh beforehand. so it was the emperor who was th- that's the reason why the ship looked that way yeah. it was so polished mm. okay i get it all right so uh, she goes on to start making a design she makes a design and she uh goes to present it to vader um vader takes one look at it says no mm-hmm. do it again she, she's like, of course, and walks back to the ship, and then she sees that her friend has been ki- like killed by Vader. No. Okay. So, for some reason, the friend has the helmet on that uh, Palpatine had given him earlier, and he shoots her. Oh, okay. And then Vader, um, sensing all this, comes back to the ship. Um, and immediately draws his lightsaber, strikes the guy wearing the mask, does nothing to phase him, and the guy wearing the mask uh, gives him a new design, and it's the it's his actual castle. Uh, Palpatine has this line where he explains that this Sith was known for his ability to create. That was like his main mission, rather than just to hone the dark side. He used the dark side to create things. Oh, okay. So. It's this weird thing. Um, the next cover has the mask, um, Vader holding the mask. So we'll see what happens, where that goes, if the mask talks to him or something. We have no idea. But oh, it's yeah, a powerful like, Sith artifact, so. 
apparently they can possess people uh-huh. and then, like you know design, design castle. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly where i would think that the series was going yeah it was a very odd choice but it's not vader so killing where people. do you think the story is going uh, like, I could see it being, like, a one-off issue, but you're saying it continues on. Yeah, uh, this was definitely just another part in the creation of his castle, I guess. Okay. And I don't know where this is going at the moment. I really don't. Alright. Well, that was... I did not see that coming. Yes. <laughs> that's why I was like, this would be a really weird issue just to randomly start at. So I'm kind of glad you didn't start with this one. Yeah, no. Me but... too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, was it a, was it an entertaining read, at least? Yes, because um, I, I didn't know where it was going. Most of the issues have been this kind of, like, Vader is on the hunt and chasing someone and killing someone type of story. So this was completely in a different direction, I felt. Yeah, yeah, it just, it almost feels like mm. a different tone, too. Like, it just, I don't know. Like, everything that you've described to me, obviously. Yes. So, um, but yeah, all right, well, I mean, I hope he gets the castle that he wants. I mean, we know he gets the all right. I mean, I guess, you know, real estate's a bitch, but mm. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> all right, what do we got next? Um, We also read Infinity Wars. Infinity Wars, and I will go ahead and read the little blurb. Who are the Infinity Wars? With Requiem tearing through the Marvel Universe, Loki whispering around its fringes, and a new threat looming to devour everything, the very fabric of reality warps around the heroes of Earth. And the only way through wins through infinity itself. Now, me and you had to have a long discussion before this episode even started to understand what happened in this issue. Yes, and I felt like it was very cut and dry, but you brought up a good point of like what exactly was her motives. Mm. Um, so let's explain exactly what happens in this in this uh, issue. She basically and. It, not much happens because it's really just her like standing there with Loki the entire mm-hmm. time. The heroes are seen for a panel or two, maybe, but they're kind of her and Loki are discussing exactly like where she goes from here. Um, but in the meantime, she decides to fold the universe in half. So not a lot happens, but a whole lot happens. Yes. Um, but when she does this, it basically mashes up a lot of the characters, a lot of the heroes, especially. Um, she says that once the heroes are binded together, it will keep them out of her hair. Um, which I don't understand that logic necessarily, because it seems like she's kind of powered up these heroes mm-hmm. in you know insane ways. Like you're getting a you know doctor strange mashup with captain america and you know you're getting a moon knight with spider-man so i feel like you're almost making these heroes more powerful yeah, in a way. but i guess she's figuring out that or figuring that they'll be trying to you know untangle themselves the entire time so um she also becomes obsessed with um i believe she calls it god's query um for some reason it's like this i don't know this plane of existence that she can get to but she can't see past it it's like the start of all creation yes and she can't see it for some reason or see past that so it's you know she's becoming obsessed with that slowly um at the same time you're seeing her still talking to thanos um Mm -hmm. and all the other characters kind of looking at her like she's crazy because she is openly having dialogue with someone that's not there 
So it's not just in her mind, because I was kind of speculating before, like, is this just in her mind? Mm. But no, the other characters are witnessing her, you know, talking to herself. Um, It was confusing, though. I didn't quite understand why. You know, we know that, you know, Thanos, you know, originally with Infinity Gauntlet wipes out half of the universe. Um, And at first it kind of felt to me like she was doing this to, like, one him up, you know, and... Thanos is there the entire time kind of providing this like narrative like oh you know I see now that death isn't the answer to everything um you know smart choice but it almost feels like to me it felt like he was like kind of patronizing her Mm. (laughs) but yeah so I don't what did you get out of that um I mean it just felt like she's unknowingly being her father Mm -hmm. and and I don't know if she's just dealing with it in a weird way I mean she's going nuts yeah. Oh, she's Claire. Yes. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was a very odd choice to mash everyone together. I'm kind of curious, you know, in what sense are they mashed together? Like, are they to the point where they are a completely new person? Or is it literally two souls vying inside these people? And Loki's there, and he's kind of, like, in her ear trying mm-hmm. to manipulate her the entire time. And he mentions, you know, that she's created a whole new reality, yes. you know, with this, um, you know, because, yeah, their origins, like, we see, you know, Captain Dr. Strand, I don't know what they're calling him, but... Uh, Soldier Supremes, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we see him at the very start, like, the beginning of his origin story. Um, so, yeah, she's completely warped reality, you know, um, of the Marvel Universe. It... To me, I'm wondering if the reason she's doing this is because she can't bring herself into just wiping out the heroes. You know, like if that's like subconsciously her way of not killing everyone. Because, I mean, Gamora, yeah, she's a badass, but she's not that person. She's not this, you know, death-worshipping, you know, warmonger like Thanos is. So I don't know if it's her way of like kind of dealing with the heroes, but not really dealing with the heroes. Because why wouldn't you just wipe them out of existence? If you truly want them out of your hair, you just wipe them out of existence. But she also has the ability to erase the memory of her. To I mean, there's so many options. I know, that's what I'm saying, though. There's so many things she could do, you know, Mm -hmm. where, you know, she's not Thanos, so she's not going to just kill them all. Um but at the same time, yeah. And if she does kill them all, she could just, you know, snap them back into existence. Exactly. So it's it's curious to see where they're going. Um, we've got this creature um, in, in the soul stone that's mm-hmm. still, you know, devouring things, that hungers they're talking about. And this the, these events are happening in different versions in other realities, um, you know, with, you know, the stones. Mm-hmm. So um, they make that very clear. So it's trying to like unwrap that riddle and they're they kind of they keep on talking about the stones are acting differently this time. So there's this little like mystery there going on. Um, I just hope they don't like run out of story to like really <laughs> explain it because I feel like they only have three more issues left of this. I think it's six issues long. I mean you do have a lot of tie-ins. Um, we did not read uh, was it uh, Thanos Legacy? Yeah, we did not read that, so I don't know exactly what happened there. Maybe that clears up some of the questions that we have right now. Um, but yeah, it. I don't know. I, I'm glad that they explained it the way they did because I was kind of you know I don't having pawing over the fact that we're getting these like warp series. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, you know, over the moon with it. 
that we're having all these kind of like one shots, but at the same time, I kind of get why. At least there's like a logic behind it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, because with the last issue when she like slams Captain America and Doctor Strange together, you know, it's just completely brutal. I was like, is that why we're getting these warp series? Is she just like literally physically matching these characters together and she just tries to put them back together and does a really poor job mm-hmm. of it? Um, you know, uh, Loki kind of mocks her, you know, and what's the character, the librarian that he's with? I don't know her yeah, name. I don't know her name, but she's like just tracking, uh, a story that's going on. Yes. She wants yes. to write her own story. Yes. And it seems like she's going to get to continue to like mm. shadow, um, Requiem the entire time. But, uh, Loki and her mocker when she, you know, does her little like universe folding trick, like, oh, you don't really, you know, have a grip on your powers yet, do you? You know? So, um, you know, it doesn't seem like she really knows what she's doing. Um, it's just like too much power for her. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so, but anyway, Loki, she kind of gets rid of and sends him to this universe. And right away, he decides he needs to find the X Men, which I found curious also. I don't know. He shows up to the mansion, and we get a Logan who's been mashed up with Emma Frost, I guess. Um, and, you know, he shuts the door on him and, you know, Loki's screaming about, like, finding Adam Warlock. I don't know necessarily why he would need the X-Men's help to find Adam Warlock. Um, and Adam Warlock wasn't much help in the from the get-go. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he was there the entire time. So, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see where we're going with this. It's, it's very up in the air right now. Yeah, it feels... <laughs> This issue was very much a setup for, like, the second half of the mm. series. Um, like I said, a lot happened, but a lot didn't happen. You know, it was very much like a Talking Heads issue, if you really look at it. So, um, yeah, a curious choice, you know, to say the least. So, I still have hope. I still have hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in- are you interested in the mashup stories now that you've seen how they're kind of started? It still feels gimmicky to me. Mm. A little less so, though, with this explanation. But it still feels a little gimmicky to me. So, I mean, the stories are going to have to be really damn good. When I heard that there was a Black Panther movie, I had this kind of weird, like, Google search where I was like, I wonder if Black Panther's ever been Ghost Rider. And I I looked up to see people's designs of it, and now we have Black Panther as Ghost Rider. (laughs) I'm just Wait, saying. you really did look that up yeah. to see if Black Panther's ever been Ghost Rider before? Or, or has like, an had, artist like, like, yeah. has ever done a variation of mm-hmm. it? That and Venom. My god, I think I actually remember you doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes, and we did get Ghost Panther. <laughs> exactly. So, and does he have a one shot? Yeah. Oh, okay. Two issues, yeah. I might pick that up. So, I might let you pick it up first, though. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, well, moving on, what what do we have next? Uh, we have X-23. All right, do the honors, my friend. Yes, it's a sisters versus sisters showdown as Laura must battle through the cuckoos. Uh, powerful mind projections to rescue Gabby. But why did the cuckoos kidnap Gabby in the first place? And will Gabby be able to resist their psychic shackles? Or will she turn against Laura, too? Okay, so that basically everything happens in the first page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she turned. <laughs> yes, yes. 
She gets possessed by which which cuckoo is it? Uh, is it the es- evil one? Esme, I think is her name, right? Yes, yes. It's the first one to die. It's the original, like you know, one that turned on all of them mm-hmm. and the X Men. Um, the one that everyone should be scared of. She possesses, you know, Gabby yeah. now, which now is she terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. She cannot die. Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought that was really well done. Uh, once again, I cannot put the art over enough in this book. I mean, it is just mm-hmm. masterfully done. It really is. Juan Cabal. So, um, you know, I will definitely follow his work. So, but he, I mean, you really, like, see the change in Gabby, like, right away. You know that she's a different person. Mm-hmm. You know, even though she looks aesthetically the same, she's definitely a different person. And that's just done with lighting and, you know, the way that, you know, he really just, you know, changed the expression on her face. But she looks like a fucking badass. Um, she's pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, the way she treats the other cuckoos and everything is pretty awesome. Um, she feels like a serious threat. Um, I. You have Laura, you know, out in the woods, you know, being blown back after, you know, trying to stop, you know, the whole, you know, process from happening. Um, really cool scene. I liked watching her heal. I thought that was really nicely done and everything. And you kind of got to feel her pain. A lot of times with like Wolverine and like X-23, they get like damage done, but the artist doesn't really take the time to show the damage. They show the fucking damage. Yeah, she, you know? she got hit bad. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, people forget is they feel this pain. Mm. You know, it's not like they don't feel pain. Logan feels pain every time he pops the claws, his claws, and so does Laura. So um, I thought that was nicely done just to see like how grueling it is to be her mm. indestructible. So, um, but yeah, God, this is such a simple story. Um, but entertaining at the same time. You know, this was a very, very quick read. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really just, the story's told through the art. There's very little dialogue the first, I want to say, half of this book. Oh, yeah. Um, it felt like I was just run, like racing through Yes, this. yes, yes. Um, that being said, sometimes if it's a monthly book, that can be kind of a letdown if you've mm-hmm. been waiting, you know, patiently for this book to drop and then it's like a two-minute read. But um, luckily, this feels like it's almost like bi-weekly. So, um, you know, which I'm fine with. I've really, I've enjoyed this story so far. But it's definitely, I feel like most of the story was like in the first couple issues. Mm. Um, But anyway, so we we find out that, you know, everything, you know, their plan worked. You know, Gabby's now possessed. But then, you know, out of nowhere, we find out that one of the cuckoos who... Um, yeah, the one that Esme had killed so that she could pretty much have the experiment done on herself is inside now, Laura. Yes, is inside Laura somehow. And we see that the nicer one of the three that were still alive was the one that chased after Laura and discover this as well. And really kind of chilling moment is when um the you know, Gabby would like what's the what's the cuckoo's name? Do we figure that out? What what's the cuckoo that's possessing uh, Gabby right now? I'm pretty sure her name is Esme. Is it Esme? Okay. All right. I have to get my cuckoo straight. <laughs> so Esme comes to the conclusion that they have to get rid of all their weaknesses. And they're kind of, you know, alluding to the fact that, you know, Mindy is, you know, one mm. of their weaknesses. So it seems like they're sending her out there for a reason. And, you know, if she does even come back successfully, they're still going to take her out. So just kind of messed up, you know, <laughs> that they're 
like okay we've got to make ourselves as strong as possible and if we got to kill one of each other that, that it is what it is um so these girls have always been terrifying, but mm. this is kind of like putting them, you know, you know, kind of speeding up the process because um, they they have these chapters in their history where you kind of see this almost like villainous turn with them, but it never really goes like full swing mm. like this. Well, I just feel like it's going to be a story of Esme turning on each sister until she's the only one. Yes. Do you feel like the story lasts that long, though? I feel like there's probably only a couple issues left here. I'm wondering if it's really like Mindy and because Mindy, Mindy's the one who originally the last couple issues have been kind of like hesitant with everything, yes. correct? So I'm wondering if it's going to be like Mindy and, you know, Laura and the other cuckoos possessing Laura, you know, teaming up, you know, to take out the cuckoos. Yeah, I can see that. Because they're going, only... they're going after Cerebro now mm-hmm. too. They make, they make a point to mention that, you know, their next step of their plan as a may plan i should say is to take cerebro you know i don't know exactly what their plans are there but um you know i don't know it's it's pretty fucking badass though so and just one of those cuckoos with like gabby's powers Mm -hmm. i that's terrifying man so um i feel like it'd be an interesting fight with uh gene at the school mm -hmm. yeah yeah do you think we get because i feel like laura definitely needs backup here yeah, I know she's got the other cuckoo. If, if there is backup, it'll be very minimal. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like they're going to keep it a very small story. A small story. Yeah. If anything, maybe Angel. But this is, I mean, this is a fun story. It really mm. is. Um, you know, if you're a fan of this character and you have not picked up this book yet, definitely check it out. So, um, I can't say enough. How do you feel like this holds up against the other X-23 series? Because you've read the other series and you've been a fan for a while. It... The other one definitely was a little bit more fleshed out. It wasn't like, this is super fast-paced. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other one, each book was definitely maybe like 20 to 30 pages, and you felt that 20 to 30 pages. Mm-hmm. So, pacing-wise, I, I think I preferred the original more, mm-hmm. but this I haven't had a problem with this. And I think I've been pleasantly surprised each issue with yeah. how... This is kind of like almost like a good popcorn movie. Yeah. You know, really. Um, it, And I'm not... I don't know if that's doing it justice, <laughs> but at the, you know, it really does feel that way. I, it really gives you that mission statement mm. right off the bat. Like I'm dealing with anyone who's messing with our DNA, you know, like my clone heritage. Um, and that seems like that's going to be the mission statement for this series. I don't think they're going to get off track of that. Mm. So and this is just like that's, the first I mean, that's chapter her story in general. Like that's what she's but almost it seems, always right. Doing. But, but it seems like she's, taken that mission back mm-hmm. now the fact that she's taken the x-23 name and everything and that she's hunting down these different doctors yeah and she everything. was doing that as well. was she yes. okay <laughs> so <laughs> why are they reintroducing it. it that way do you think is it just kind of a way for fans to get to know well she was kind of doing the wolverine thing she seemed to be more about the x-men mm. the last like couple years she was definitely more of a team player yeah, and she definitely seems like she was trying to carry the mantle. But the way that father. book starts is her literally going after clones mm-hmm. and going after her people using her DNA. Okay, That's, it's almost identical to this. Did you read the Wolverine book? I did not get uh, into all new Wolverine. Too okay, far. yeah. So I'm wondering because it definitely felt like at least in. in my That's how you're introduced movie. to the sisters as well. It's mm. she discovers. 
you know, her DNA is being used by all these people. Yeah, and that's kind of what gets her on this mission again, mm. is right with you know Honey Badger and all the sisters, correct? Yeah. So it felt it, to me, it felt like in the X books, it seemed like she was more of a team player and everything. Um, but it seems like now she's going back to her roots. You know, if that makes more yeah, sense. Fine. So, um, but yeah, all right, man. I feel like this will be a fun read to read as like a volume as well. Because that's just going to go right through. Well, especially, like, yeah, mm-hmm. how fast each issue is. This definitely feels like it would be, you know, better col- collected and read at once. All right, and then we had Fantastic Four, number two. All right, yes, that is right. Uh, this is by Dan Slott. Yes. Um, Wish you were here. What have Reed, Sue, and the kids been up to all this time? What adventures have they been on? What strange new friends have they found along the way? What deadly new enemies have they made? And what are Franklin and Val's new code names? All these questions will be answered just in time for the entire universe to die. The return of Marvel's first family keeps getting more and more intense. Don't you dare miss a single moment of the world's greatest comic magazine. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> um, this very this started off very like Brady Bunch almost to me. It's a Fantastic Four man. I know. It's... I I know what you're saying though. Yes. I mean, I don't want to like I don't want to come at this the way I would like like with Superman and everything, where it's just like yeah, so campy, so like I don't. You felt like it was campy to a degree. I mean, yeah. I mean, you get them. You you're you're seeing where they've been and mm-hmm. what they've been up to. You're seeing them like repopulate the multiverse, you know, for Marvel. Um, you know, and it's them with the Future Foundation. So you've got that whole like you know kids at camp dynamic almost going on. Um, I found it interesting that they aged you know the kids, um, you know Val and you know Franklin, but it didn't seem like they aged the rest of the Future Foundation. So I don't know necessarily, I don't know if it's just like, you know, space travel and, you know, whatever. But, I mean, I think that's fine. It's about mm-hmm. time Franklin is like, hit his teens, at least. That character's been around for a long time. So for him to be like eight mm-hmm. um, seems weird. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I like that they've kind of fleshed out Franklin's powers, too. Um, they felt very undefinable. Like, he almost felt too powerful. Um, in the Marvel Universe, and it seems like they've kind of decided to power him down a little. Well, that's um, not saying too much, though, because they still explain that he's like oh, incredibly yeah. powerful. But he's not the Beyonder yes. anymore, because that's basically what he was. He was up there with, like, Molecule Man, and he's literally creating these universes, you know, with his mind, which mm. is just insane to think about. Um, and he even brags about it as any good teenage man does. <laughs> I am your god. He just, yeah, right? You know, in a joking kind yes. of manner. But I was like, man, that kid takes a wrong turn at any point. Mm. We're all in trouble, you know? It just feels like I know how the Marvel Universe reacted to Scarlet Witch going crazy. I feel like they'd all have a really good eye on Franklin. Mm. Like what he's doing at all times. Because, you know, God, that kid has a bad day and, you know, we're all gone. So, um, but yeah, no, um, I found it interesting to see where they've been. I did enjoy that. I was not a fan of, you know, the villain that they introduced. So they, they let it be known that they've kind of populated what, like, almost like 2,000 universes, they said? Yes. Um, 
fine. But then, and they're kind of like, I don't know exactly how it's working. Like, they're making these universes, and then they're going in and kind of, like... Exploring them. Exploring them and helping them out. And I don't know if these universes are at the very start, or, like... Because they, they show them interacting with one. It seems like they're more established. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many years, like, go by. And I'm not sure exactly how it works, but whatever. It's not very ex- explained mm-hmm. very well. But, so, they're, you know doing this jumping from universe to universe to the point where like Franklin can't do it anymore like it's like he's tapped out basically um and then at that moment all of a sudden this weird spider-like creature shows up in this weird ship and Mm -hmm. is attacking them it's like and literally destroying the universes yes yes this insanely powerful being you know and like I know she's trying to counterbalance what Franklin's been doing. Um, it's, I don't feel like it was very explained. Like just, I don't know. It wasn't well, like it was, they didn't explain it well enough. Um, so I, I don't know. How did you feel about that? I mean, the villain, I didn't, I didn't have the same problems as you did. I, I, I kind of was like, I don't know. I laughed at the moment where it's just like, Hey, we built all these universes. I'm going to just destroy them real fast. Yeah. I liked that. They, you know, they kind of explained how powerful Franklin was at that time. And then immediately show up a villain that can just throw him anywhere and knock him out. Why would the villain wait for 2,000 universes, I don't know. And then, like, where's this... I don't know. I don't know. It just felt very villain of the week to me. Yeah, and the villain felt very generic to me. I mean, her whole point is to mourn and to bring death. So, I don't know. She was just trying to... I don't know. I don't know. I think the moment that bugged me the most was Val going back to, like, pretty much meet her, like, pick up her boyfriend and start the, like, stop stop him from dying. Yes. So, yeah. So you have her, like, Reed, you know, comes up with a plan quickly and says, no, we've got to bypass, like, the next, like, 300 universes to get to this point, and that's where we make our stand. Mm. Um, Basically, I mean, it's kind of dark what he's saying there, though. He's saying we're we're not saving these other universes. So he's sacrificing a lot. Um, which, I mean, I guess, you know, you've got to do what you got to do. But, you know, it just doesn't feel like Reed mm. <laughs> to me. Um, but Reed's been different the last, like, ten years. I mean, we had, we dealt with everything that happened right before, like, you know, Secret Wars and everything. And those incursions where the, the whole, um, God, what is it called? What was the, that group called of the Avengers, the Secret Avengers. Uh, not the cabal the illuminati the illuminati yes the illuminati are making some really fucked up choices yeah. for everyone you know i love tickets well i mean even i really like, did but this is even this, what he's dealing with right now your concept of life has to like be kind of yeah changed and numbed you know? a little mm-hmm. you know if your son could literally like blink people into existence yeah, so, but the fact that he's willing to, like, oh, yeah, we'll just sacrifice these, you know, 200, 300 universes. I mean, they, they do, I mean, on the, at least on Franklin, they make sure you know that, like, he just created all this life and he's losing it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they put that weight there. And it still felt very sitcom-y throughout the entire book. It just wasn't soul-crushing enough. Like, it should be a big mm-hmm. decision. I guess maybe that's my problem with it. Um, you know, but... 
Reed's a scientist and he's going to like, okay, this is the best solution to solve this problem. Mm. So I, I guess you could handle that. And that's why Sue's always been a great balance to him where, you know, she's kind of like the heart and the soul. Like say, okay, but Reed, really? Is this really what you want to sacrifice for, you know, it's not just an equation. You know, this is life that we're talking about. See, I felt like I just wrote it better than Slot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but anyway. Um, I just feel like this was a very big turn from the first issue. And then the fact that, like, this creature who has the ability to destroy universes, they've heard of the Fantastic Four, but the Fantastic Four has never heard of her. <laughs> like, Yeah. Uh, and then they, so she basically, like, oh, this is the Fable Fantastic Four. I didn't realize you'd be taken out so easily. And they're, like, basically trick her into, like, setting up, you know, a trap for them. So then they can go ahead and call, you know, the rest of the team which includes everyone who's ever been part of the Fantastic Four. So you get this kind of, you know, kick-ass scene where you've got, like, literally, you know, anyone who's ever been, you know, part of that mm. roster. Um, I still feel like they're overmatched, but <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> um, you know, so I... I don't she know. seemed frightened. She, I get why, though. She could just destroy universes. I just feel like her powers are too insane. Um, especially if Franklin's powered down, I I don't know. I feel like if I was going to book this better, <laughs> to use some wrestling terminology, I would have had Franklin lose his powers, you know, right then and there. I would have had Franklin lose his powers battling this creature, you know. So at least it wouldn't seem like the odds are too unbalanced, mm. you know. And I think that would have been a good story where he has to sacrifice his powers to you know save all these universes that he's created you know i mean maybe it's a little too jesusy i don't know <laughs> but, but I mean, it sounds better than yes i created like, all this life and then it just magically just gone and yes and now I, my also. powers are not working anymore and like everyone just accepts that he just doesn't have these powers i don't know yeah i mean he's still they explain that he's on par with thor and silver mm. surfer and all these other you know more than yes so i mean he's still very powerful but i don't know i don't know it's just it just didn't do anything for me so i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna read the rest of this arc and see where it goes mm. um i mean i'm interested in the next i'm interested in the next issue just for the confrontation i am a bit sour on this book because of this issue but yeah yeah i like the fact that we got to see exactly what they've been up to mm. but at the same time and i also was expecting a bigger moment between you know the team like between like you know Reed and Sue mm. and Ben and Johnny. Like, well, they built that up in the last issue. Yeah, right? it's like it's just Johnny of... and Ben's like they're dead, and yeah. Johnny's like not accepting it. And it's like this is a very emotional tale. And you know, and yes, you and I love that first issue. I really did. It really that first issue hooked me just because of that emotional tale and everything. I thought that was a really cool moment, and it was what I love about Slot. This felt, like, very abrupt. Like, they just kind of jam-packed this issue mm -hmm. and, like, almost at a very breakneck speed um, where this could have been drawn out a couple issues at least. You don't think this is, like, a response to people's complaints of the first issue, right? They don't no. think they've changed anything in between. I don't know if they could, because I, I mean, those issues are already in the can. Mm -hmm. So, I don't... Slot's not one to back down. I well, mean, they, he he makes ballsy choices. Yeah. See, Superior Spider Man. 
So he's not one to back down from his story. I don't think, you know, he would bend to, like, you know, fans outcry. So I just... I, I guess. I'm guessing what's going to end up happening. This is my prediction. It's pure speculation. But I'm guessing that the entire roster goes down and it's just going to be the four of them, you know, you know, the original four standing up against this, you know, spider universe eating creature and defeating her. So I think she burns through, you know, all the past Fantastic Four roster and then it's just the original Fantastic Four standing up against them and they defeat her on their own. So that that's what I'm seeing happening here. So I I mean that sounds very correct. It's just that like, I the way I saw these books going originally it was I thought it was gonna be this four kind of like issues into getting into the um like getting your idea of what the team was again, you know, their separation, what they've been doing, everything. Like a reintroduction. That's fine. And then maybe during that they'd like explore that there's a villain that's, you know, creeping up on them. Mm-hmm. Rather than crashing in and destroying universes. I mean, um, she's obviously a powerful threat, but she just still doesn't feel like a threat to me. You know? I think it would have been much more interesting if they had given her an introduction and an explanation. And then after issue four, then we get the big, oh, she could destroy all these universes. Build her up more. Exactly. exactly. Build her up more so it's a bigger moment when she comes crashing in and mm. devouring all these universes they just created. Um. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'll read the arc and, you know, you know, hopefully I become a huge Fantastic Four fan afterwards. <laughs> so. Hey everyone, Hunter Galcast here. Back in 1997, I tried to make my own freelance publication, Hunter Galcast. Founded in a thesaurus, Hunter meaning gothic, outcast is what I pretty much was. Films, any genre, comics, any genre, TV, you name it, I love discussing it. And now that we're in the podcast age, I still podcast with my partners in crime, Edward, Kendra, Todd, any other guests that wish to come on the show. My gimmick is, I've got a BA in social science, so I try to bring philosophical and psychological aspects to it. But don't take my word for it. Listen to these testimonials that I have right here. Ahem. We know that you're serious. We've gotten little Johnny's ear in the mail. We don't have much money. But if you please accept us, we just want him home safe and sound. I don't know how that got there. Let me spell it out for you. H-U-N-N-I-C-O-U-T-C-A-S-T-S. We're on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM. We're on the interweb. The interweb. It's not just for pornography anymore. All right, man. On to wrestling. This weekend, we had Hell in the Cell. Are you ready, Christian? Yes. Let's dive right in. Yes. Oh. Why, why did they have a red cell? <laughs> We're let's, diving right in. Let's just dive let's right in. It right <laughs> off the bat. You know, on paper, it probably looks cool. Uh-huh. I'm guessing. It just, visually, I, I don't know, it made, it made everything look kind of murky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, well, we can't have blood in these matches, so we'll make the cell blood red, though. I guess. But then why have the arena be red with red lighting on the red cell that's a I felt like Kane was going to come out at any point. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. No. no, It would have been amazing. No, it wouldn't. We'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) 
we will get there. Um, but yeah, so um, I did not watch the pre-show. I did. Um, the match between it was New Day versus Rusev Day. Rusev Day. Um, it was very. You mentioned breakneck speed earlier. This was breakneck speed all the way through, but it was enjoyable. Like these two teams worked very well together, and I was surprised to see Aiden English. And Rusev worked well together. Mm-hmm. At the well, time. I mean, they've been together for a while now, mm-hmm. and now they're not. We found on SmackDown that Aiden English has turned on Rusev. Oh, well. So <laughs> there goes that. There goes just that. as they've clicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good match. Um, of course, uh, there's the ending is with uh, Aiden tagging himself in. Uh, I saw that. I saw the highlights. Yeah. Yeah. He tags himself in, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, I don't know if he's trying to... Kind of just like distracts the moment because Rufus about to go do a um, jump. Yeah. And And then then he kind of misses and then Aiden does the jump for some reason. Yeah. He pretty much just, you know, screws the pooch and, you know, loses the match for them, um, which has been a theme the last like month or so. I mean, these guys have been on their way to breaking up for a while. Um, and then we saw, we'll be recapping SmackDown and Raw, you mm-hmm. know, throughout Hell in the Cell, because honestly, not much happened. So <laughs> I don't feel like they deserve a full segment since mm-hmm. they didn't give us a full show. Um, but yeah, so basically, Burn. yeah, so basically <laughs> they went ahead and they pulled the trigger on them finally breaking out this okay. episode of SmackDown. It was done well, though. Um, you had Aiden uh, get shunned by them backstage again. Um, he gets caught by Lana afterwards, like going off about how Lana's really the one who's costing them the matches and holding Rusev back. Um, she goes and says, I'm going to tell Rusev, um, but it's right before their match. So they go out there and that's kind of lingering. Um, Rusev ends up um, losing the match, but then Aiden English comes in and jumps him right afterwards. Um, and it's pretty brutal how he takes him out. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty like out of nowhere. Um, you kind of saw it coming, but at the same time, it did feel very abrupt and, like, you know, vicious at least. Um, I don't know if we're going to get an Eden English Rusev feud. That seems like where they're going. I could almost see, like, maybe Aiden English, you know, managing someone else. You know, that being a possibility. So, so um, I wouldn't want to see that feud. I could see him with Nakamura. That's who Rusev lost against, was Nakamura. Kind of being his almost like roadie, if you will. I guess. It'd be a nice change for Aiden English, that he, type of... I feel like he would fit well with Nakamura. Mm. And, you know, Nakamura can be kind of like the pompous, like, rock star character. And Aiden would be, like, carrying his bags and, you know, doing an intro or whatever. And, you know, it'd be someone to work the mic for Nakamura also. So I could, I could see that possibly Or maybe happening. cut the opera act. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, he can't do the whole intro for mm-hmm. Nakamura like he does for Rusev, That's but you could do a day. little bit of that. <laughs> um, you know, not that they, they didn't tease that at all, you know, during the match mm-hmm. at all. So, But I could see that. I just don't know if I want to see a whole program with Rusev and Aiden English, yeah. you know, so, but whatever. All right. What else do we have on the uh, pre-show? Did we get a 205 match? Oh, uh, no. Oh, okay. Interesting. Went straight to the pay-per-view after that. So it was just the tag match? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I thought, for some reason, I thought there was a, a 205 match. If there was supposed to be, they didn't show it. <laughs> you just missed it. Or I missed it. <laughs> Which is fine. 
I tuned in when the sh- I tuned in at the beginning. Trust me, no one cares if we review that match. <laughs> it's not. It's not even on our list of matches. WWE doesn't even care about the damn match, so we don't need to talk about it if it even happened. But well, no, I did not see it anywhere or recorded on it at all. Hmm. So I'm assuming it didn't happen. Um, we jump right into it. We and I kind of figured they would do this. Um, we got the Hell in a Cell yep, match. They lowered the cage right yes. away. So we had Randy Orton going against Jeff Hardy. Um, so this match wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting more like high spots from Hardy. And mm. we definitely got a nice high spot from Hardy. But this was just like Orton just being, you know, this vicious version of his character. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed like just how like old school and like i don't know violent this Mm. match was um some really cool spots during this match um and they definitely i mean when he pulls out that fucking screwdriver i watched through my fingers (laughs) like i could not handle that so he literally he's digging for some kind of weapon Mm. and then he finds a toolbox which right away you're like oh he grabs the screwdriver. I was like, oh, that's going through the ear. Yes, and he goes right <laughs> for his fucking ear. And he's twisting his earlobe. Oh, God, I couldn't handle it, man. I couldn't handle it. I loved every second of it, but mm. I could not handle it. Do you think that screwdriver's up for auction? Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure it is. And some nerd like me is mm. buying it right now for way too much money. Um, but, yeah, no. I would, the I mean... Fucking uh, right after that spot, Hardy takes his studded belt and starts to fucking whip Orton with it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize there were studs in the belt at first until like Orton got up and you could literally see the pattern of studs on his back and they're all just bleeding down. Fucking brutal, man. I mean, brutal. And I don't know if that spot was planned. Orton seemed pissed, like, right afterwards, <laughs> so I'm sure it didn't feel nice at all, but I don't know. I'm not sure. And that, that belt was, like, in half or something. Yes, because Orton used it earlier on Hardy. Oh, okay. Okay. To whip him? Yes. Okay, for some reason, I remember it, that. And it breaks for some reason. And, and it broke. Yeah. Okay. So, maybe Hardy was... I'm sure Hardy was probably fucked up then, too. You just couldn't see because mm, he had a shirt sure, on, yeah. so... Um, which sucks because if you're going to get whipped by something like that, you want to at least get that, you know, money shot of it. Mm. So, um, and they got the money shot because it was a really nice moment where you saw those blood prints, you know, coming down his back. Um, his fucking leg, you know, after that table spot yeah. where he's got like, did you see the a piece of skin sticking out? Yeah. And did you see after he posted something on Twitter? I saw the image. Where he had the, the pound of flesh or quote or something like that. And it's literally just like part of his legs. Like, oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it was a pretty gruesome match. Yes. Um, for for this era, definitely. For this era, definitely. I enjoyed this. kind Like, you know, a blade job's a blade job. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of my biggest problems. You have people slamming their heads into a gate or a fence and there's no blood. How believable can possibly be, but and you be you become almost numb to that after a while. So um, the fact that you have you know moments like with the belt and moments with the table like that, and I don't think the table was planned, no. but it kind of gave you that sense of how violent this match is, you know, and really sold it well for me. Um, what did you think of the spot that ended the show or ended the match? 
You know, at first I was wondering, was this an accident? Like, because uh, he does he does the table spot where uh, he's swinging off the top of the cage mm-hmm. and he drops down, and then but I never saw the ref throw up the actual X, so mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't sure if this was like and no they they th- those they, they'll do it too they yeah. do it yeah left and right, which I'm sure the EMTs are really thrilled about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wasn't sure if that was real or not, but as soon as uh, Morton was like, no, I'm pinning him. I'm surprised Hardy didn't go off the cage, though. Yes, I was. I was surprised that we didn't get him on top of the cage jumping off. Yeah, dude. And maybe people would go numb to that at at this point because we've seen it a few times. It's the the 20th anniversary. Someone needed to get off the top of that cage. (laughs) Someone needs to almost kill themselves. God damn it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I was okay without without it happening. Though. Mm. I thought it was something different and something innovative um, I haven't seen before. I mean, he was still pretty fucking high up there. If Shane McMahon can do it, everyone else on that roster should be able to do it. Shane McMahon wrestles like three times a year, <laughs> I'm just so saying. that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so and yeah, yeah, I thought it was a nice spot. I still yes. thought it was a nice. It was still a good the spot. timing was a little off, and I think that was more like it seemed like Randy rolled off the table mm. too soon. But I have a feeling like it looked like Hardy might have hesitated. I'm sure they timed it out by like his swings, um, but he kind of hesitates on that last. Yeah, one. he starts coming down before he ever releases. Yes, so. yes, yes. So um, you know, because with the ref spot where he kind of like was calling, you know, for the EMTs right away after the spot. I did for a second think, did he really fuck himself up? You know, and then with Randy like hovering over him, and I was like, okay, is something off. But then he was like, no, cover him. I'm, I'm, you know, count the count the pin, and he jumps on him and everything. I'm glad that there was an actual pin. I would have mm-hmm. been pissed off, you know. And this is foreshadowing people if there was no like winner of the match. So I'm glad that you know he it's a fucking hell in the cell match. They're supposed to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but yeah, no, overall, I was pleasantly surprised by this match. I thought this match was going to be built around like one spot and that was mm. it. But, you know, instead we got a grueling cage match out of it, which I'm fine with. Yes, that's what you're supposed to get out of the house. Yes, yes, babe, man, they haven't been delivering really. No. So, because <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like even like, you know, the Owens McMahon match was really just all about, you know, the suspense of, you know, them being on top of the cage. You know, everything's been about the top of the hell in the cell mm. lately. You know, so I was I was glad that we got like an actual cage match, an old school cage match, if you will. All right, so moving on, um, and is this in the right order? SmackDown's Women's Championship was that next? I think, yeah, right. Yes. Um, I will say, like, I enjoyed the fact that they didn't waste any time in this pay per view. Mm-hmm. Like, it was you know one match after another. There wasn't tons of like. You know, locker room segments and everything like that. No, there was know? a good flow to this. Video. There was, yes, it was very well paced. I thought. Um, so we had Becky Lynch going up against Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Thoughts on the match, Christian? Um, I enjoyed the match for the most part. Uh, I didn't like the. In- I think the only thing I had a complaint about was the entrance. Oh, with, with her, Becky, with Becky's music being the same and. While she wasn't hugging the crowd, she was definitely still felt like... She doesn't need to do the posing in the ring. Yeah. She needs to cut that. Um, she, I'm glad she just walks down. She's not kind of skipping down the ring mm-hmm. and, you know, high-fiving all the fans. I'm glad that they stopped that. 
Um, but she is still feels like she's kind of more of an in-betweener than a true blue Like, heel. If, if she was to do the poses, I would need it to look more cocky, at least. Yes. Or have a cockier character behind it, but I haven't... I mean... It did feel like tonight, though, mm-hmm. on SmackDown, we're recording... Well, actually, I'm sorry, it wasn't tonight. We're, yes, sure. I watched it tonight, but uh, last night on SmackDown, um, she felt definitely more cocky mm-hmm. with the whole, like, coordination of, you know, her championship and everything and the way she was kind of rubbing it into Charlotte's face. She it feels like we're going to get that cocky heel out of her. Um, She did make a brief... I don't know if you caught it, but she did say, you know, someone who's, you know built this women's division over on SmackDown. She kind of like, you know, alluded to her, you know, Mm. being the reason why the women's division is, you know, what it is now. So that was a little cocky and just kind of the way she was treating Charlotte. So maybe they're going to go with that vibe more. But yes, definitely in this match, you didn't get that. Um, It it feels very much like a work in progress. Like they don't know quite what they want to do. I, I expected them to pull the trigger more, I guess, with this match and have her be more full-blown heel if they were going to have her as a heel. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I was like, oh, well, the way this, especially the way it nearly ended, it felt like, okay, this is just going to be a double turn the next week. And that's what we were, and that's kind of what we we're predicting for this match, mm-hmm. that we might get that double turn, but we didn't, but maybe that's going to happen at the, you know, what, what are they calling the Australia show? Super show. Super, God. <laughs> The super show in Australia. Maybe we'll get that there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Tonight, she definitely, on SmackDown, she definitely mm. felt like a heel. Yeah, I, I thought she nailed heel tonight, yes. at least. Yes, I, she, She's still not attacking the fans enough. Um, I would like to see her a little more cowardly. Um, but yes, she definitely felt more like a heel. She gave that vibe off, which I was surprised with, because I really, once again, I felt like that double turn was just, you know around the corner maybe mm-hmm. it still is but i thought the match was good overall i thought the ending was very like out of nowhere like the, it was it was kind of a weird ending like it, just it was kind a of roll like, up right yeah it was like a spear into like a roll up or something mm-hmm. right um so it just felt out, like oh she does the disarmor and then charlotte gets the ropes charlotte gets out you know and then they go right into the finish it's very quick um, it felt very out of nowhere, but that's fine. I don't mind that mm-hmm. once in a while. Um, you don't need to always have your finisher be the end of the match. So, um, yeah, and I liked the moment at the end of the match where she didn't shake Charlotte's hand. Yes. I thought that was awesome. So, because I was terrified for a second there. I was like, oh, God, don't hug it out all of a sudden. Um, I wouldn't put it past Well, I wanted her to attack her again. That would have been fine, too. Mm. That would have been fine, too. But in my mind, I, like right away when I saw Charlotte extend her hand, I was like, oh, God, they're going to hug it out or something. Like, I really want that. They And WWE, they've earned that. <laughs> they have not earned my trust. Mm. So um, I would have liked to see Charlotte attack her at that moment. I, that You know, that's where you would get that double turn. Right, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, good match overall. Well, speaking of good matches, then we had the Raw Tag Team Championship. Yes, yes. Uh, the Dogs of War uh, versus The Shield. Yes. So, um, this was fast-paced. This was nonstop. I, they had a decent amount of time, but they mm. just kept that pace up tempo the entire time. Um, you can tell these guys have been working each mm. other 
a lot, <laughs> especially Rollins and Ziggler. Yes. I mean, I feel like it's been, what, like four months now? Mm-hmm. Um, so these guys, they know each other like the back of their hand. They're really just clicking on all cylinders. Um, I, I don't know. I love it. I really do. Um, I thought these teams had great chemistry together. Um, McIntyre is such a fucking beast, man. Yes, he is amazing. That fucking kick up that he did, like I was like, holy it was shit! Picture, picture perfect. <laughs> He's almost seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. Just insane. Just insane. The app. There was that no assist from arms. Nothing. nothing. Just nothing. bam. <laughs> oh, like HBK in his prime. It was pretty fucking badass. Um, but yeah, just uh, just a fast-paced, fun tag team yes, match. tons of false finishes. I thought mm-hmm. the match was going to end way sooner than that, and it just kept happening again and again and again. And I liked it because I was I, it wasn't predictable. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't quite sure what where they were going with this um, at all. So um, I was happy and relieved that you know Dolphin, you know Drew, you know retained the titles. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but a great speed, a great pace. Probably one of the better tag team matches I've seen in the WWE in a while. You yes. know, on, on the main roster at least. So, um, but yeah, no, just a fun match, a real fun match, um, and really just set up more heat between two teams. You know, so um, you know, unfortunately, this week they did not capitalize on that on Raw. Like you barely had these guys together for some reason. Uh, Drew and Dolph weren't like in each other's corners at all which was kind of weird um they had drew defeat um ambrose cleanly so that's pretty big i mean he's i I didn't feel like they made a big enough moment out of that i mean dean's a former wwe champion Mm. so um but you know i thought that was huge for drew to defeat um ambrose in an okay match it wasn't a great match but a, a pretty good match and then uh dolph and seth had a match together um, and that was Dolph kind of getting his rematch for the IC belt, which I felt like was a waste. Um, it was an okay match, but um, they were both kind of trying to sell injuries. Um, so, and it was, it definitely had a, I don't know, a TV match vibe to it. Dolph was kind of tricked into it, right? With um, going in he, and with Corbin? Well, Corbin, uh, Rollins wasn't there yet. So that was kind of the storyline they gave us for, you know, kind of like Ambrose being out there by himself. And it explained why Ziggler wasn't in Drew's corner though. So um but you know I'm nitpicking. But still I just I really I would have liked to see Rollins and Dolph get a bigger stage and more time for their match. Mm. Um you know I feel like they've earned it at this point. So and I mean it's a rare occasion where I've seen these two rest, like a two wrestlers wrestle this much and I still want more. So I don't know. It was, it was a little disappointing. So, but yeah, yeah. It, it there wasn't much of the factions at all this week. It was weird. Yeah. It's kind of, it felt very much like they were treading water because you know, you've got all these weird shows coming out. They announced the, they're going oh, yes. back to fucking Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Those sneaky bastards. <laughs> You know. And that's like the first of November, right? Like that first. Yeah, like weeks. the November second or something like that. I was like, "Oh, you waited to the very last minute to announce that." Well, it just makes me wonder: is the evolution pay per view because of them not having another show for the women? Exactly. You know, and I felt like they kind of kept that off, and maybe they announced it somewhere quietly. I don't know, but this is the first I ever heard of it. Mm. Um, 
you know, so it makes me feel like, yes, it's a direct answer to the fact that they're going back to Saudi Arabia. The women are not invited um, unless something's changed. I'm just hoping that they get some kind of backlash. I know it's a monster money deal for them, but it's just gross. And I just wish they would, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know. Get I some do like the concept of the tournament. I don't mind that. For what's, what's It's the, just a World Cup tournament. It's just superstar versus superstar. Oh, you're talking about in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. I, I missed that announcement. So uh, how's it working? I don't know the full details of the tournament, but it, as far as I'm aware, it's just going to it's going to be um, singles matches. So it's just like a tournament. Yeah, tournament. Almost like, I like the ring. I like tournaments, but mm. I don't know. I wish it was somewhere else. <laughs> it's better than having a random Royal Rumble. Yes, like and same. call it the greatest Royal yes. Rumble, and then have a bunch of fucking jobbers in it that you've never heard of for you a, know. a fake title that hasn't been on television once no. since then. No, no one cares about that title. It's in a truck somewhere. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I guess, yeah, I, I don't give a shit at all about the Undertaker Triple H match that's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't care at all. You know, they almost had me the way they were booking it. And now they keep on doing, they had Undertaker show up, you know, and give a way too long promo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no Also announced that Kane was going to be in his Yes, corner. Kane is going to be in which I can give a shit about. Um, and you know that Shawn Michaels, you know, he it hasn't officially been announced. They said Shawn Michaels was going to be there. But then Undertaker goes, he's not there just to sit in the crowd. So he's letting you know that he's going to be in Triple H's corner. Whatever. I, I don't need to see that. And then I think I brought it up to you that there was rumors that mm-hmm. it could be a tag match between the Brothers of Destruction and DX at Saudi Arabia. I hate that. I hate that. If you're going to bring Shawn Michaels out of retirement, mm-hmm. don't have it be for some fucking bullshit, you know, I don't know, Hall of Famers tag team match, you know, it feels like it's like a Veterans Day at like, you know, yeah. a ballpark or something. I mean, it protects them if he's Old Timers Day or something. I just... It protects all four of them, really, but... Shawn Michaels doesn't get raw, rusty. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get rusty. Uh, but... I want to see him in like a big time match if he's mm. coming out of retirement, not some tag match. Unless you have plans for another match like down the line. I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't want to see him come back at Saudi in Saudi Arabia in some meaningless tag team match for you know, three wrestlers that I feel like are definitely over the hill at this point. So I'm still saying Shawn Michaels isn't over the hill, even though he's like in his mid fifties <laughs> and hasn't wrestled in eight years. <laughs> You, so, you don't think Triple H can go anymore? I think he can go, but he can go at his pace. You know? He reminds well, he's a me of assassin, everything's at his pace. Yeah, but he reminds <laughs> me of like Harley Race in his like waning years mm-hmm. at this point. Not King Harley Race, but you know, in his final days of as the NWA champion, you know, That's right true. before he jumped to the WWE. So he does what he can and, you know, he does what he does. Um, but I'm just not entertained by it anymore. So I've been seeing it for mm. a very long time. You know, to me, it's not special for him to get like a WrestleMania match anymore. I just, you know, it was, it was all done at the end of an era. And yes. After that, yes. Just been Which we're still, how many years ago was that? <sighs> so three or four? No, it's longer than three or four, man. It's like, it's like six or seven. No. Yes. End of the era match. Because that's before seeing Punk left the company. I thought it was just announced that it was like only 10 years ago Shawn Michaels 
uh, versus uh, Ric Flair. Ten years ago? Yeah. I don't, was that ten years ago? I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> regardless, it was a long time ago to be having that match again, you know? You know, so it wasn't really an end of an era. You know, Apparently those guys not. show up every WrestleMania, you know, so, but uh, whatever. And then if they do have that tag team match, aren't they booking this match as the last time these guys are going to face each other? Yes, but. I know wrestling, but still, it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Could just be a screwy finish, and that's how they decide. Oh, whatever. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to the pay-per-view. Let's get back. Back on track. So, uh, what do we have next? We had, oh, that's right. We had the WWE Championship being defended by AJ Styles against Samoa Joe. Oh, that was a good, that was a good match. I like this match a lot. <laughs> I did. You enjoyed the stiffness. I sure. did. Those guys <laughs> were wrestling snug, man. They were, especially the beginning of the match, they started throwing fucking haymakers and you could tell one caught Joe like off guard because he actually started to backpedal and hold his mouth like right away. And it was one of those like reflexes of holding your mm. mouth because you know Samojo doesn't want to be like caught on camera like ouch. Um, but that definitely was like a moment where you're watching two guys who've worked each other for like a decade and like, hey man, take liberties, it's cool. And that's what you got out of this match. This is the way the last match should have started. You know, like hot and heavy like this, where yes. they're just going at it, and they were fucking stiff. Um, well, I, I mean, even with the way that feud started with Joe attacking him, you know, you think it would build from there, but it didn't. Well, my problem was with their last match, and I thought it was a good match. I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong. But Joe gets on the mic, addresses his wife and child in the crowd. AJ standing there. You think the bell rings. AJ just goes at him you know, hardcore, but instead you get a fucking collar and elbow lockup. It makes no sense. Mm. You know, you need AJ to be a house of fire and tearing into Joe at that moment, you know, or not wait for the bell and just go at him. So that was my only issue I had with that match overall. I thought it was a fantastic match, but I just wish it would have started differently mm. and set the tone differently. This match had it perfect. Like, that's the tone you wanted. Um, and it, I thought it carried out throughout the match. If Joe wasn't going to win the match, I thought this was a great way to carry on the feud. Where you have Joe basically winning the match, mm. the ref just didn't see it. I think it legitimizes Joe, um, you know, and helps make sense of this feud carrying on. So it wasn't just another, like, DQ finish or anything like yeah. that, you know. You actually, no low blow. Yes, or... you actually had a finish where you saw AJ legitimately mm. tap out. Um which he hasn't done much of in the WWE. So um, I, I, I really enjoyed this match. And you could tell it's two guys who've wrestled a lot because they know each other so well in the ring. Or just their transitions were seamless. The spots were seamless. Um, you know, it, it just, they they worked well together. You know, and they, you know, obviously have been. So um, I, I really enjoy this version of Joe. So, and it seems like now we're going to get a different version of AJ. So we got a no uh, DQ match happening in uh, Australia. So I'm wondering if that is the final chapter of this feud. It's it's going to Saudi Arabia at least. You think so? Mm. When is Saudi? That's November, November. 2nd. That's before Survivor Series. Now, 
Also announced this week on SmackDown is you're going to get Miz versus Daniel Bryan in a number one contenders match, pretty much. They get a shot at the title. Whoever wins this match. I feel like since they're setting that match up, you could really see an end to like Joe and AJ. And which I'm disappointed. I could watch these guys wrestle for another couple months, honestly. So, and I I want Joe to get a title run, but since that match has been set up, Mm. I feel like the way they're going storyline-wise with Daniel Bryan and Miz is with Daniel Bryan kind of chasing after a win against Miz. So I foresee Daniel Bryan losing to Miz, which automatically tells me AJ Styles is winning that match against Joe. So... um, but I also see a scenario where Miz actually ends up capturing that title from AJ Styles. Yes. So because um, that that gives you your Saudi Arabia match, and that gives you the rematch at um, Survivor Series. Yes. Well, let's let's carry on anyway because that's our next match. Actually, the Miz and Maurice <laughs> facing Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. It it almost hurts you to say defeating, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> almost. So. Mm. This match kind of went the way I thought it was going to go. Yes. Uh, please stop having Maurice in the ring. Yes. At this point. Yes. If she can't do anything, don't. It's not fair to Bree. Yeah. Bree actually is putting in work. Yes. Yes. She tries. You know, she has her good match mm. here and there. You know, she's not a horrible wrestler. Um, she's definitely, I feel like she's better than Nikki. I enjoy her better than Nikki. I, I think it's a different style. I don't enjoy either of them, so don't give me that look. <laughs> um, don't lie to me. I feel like when Brie left, Nikki definitely honed her skills up a bit. I guess. I, I liked know. where her character was going. Her character, but I don't think she could... Her character and like moves were different at that point. I felt I like hated she became the female version of John was. Cena. That's what I felt like. <laughs> so um but anyway i feel like brie actually tries to wrestle so i give it to her um but yeah so and the, i think that's daniel and bryan's influence <laughs> i mean i guess yeah she even does the yes kicks doesn't she yes okay anyway so it's kind of gross but <laughs> be your own wrestler <laughs> you don't need to be your husband's you know wrestler um but but they both do it i was glad yes yes doesn't make it right I was glad that Miz and Maurice won this matchup. I will say that. Mm. Just because I want to see Daniel Bryan continue like, to chase after the Miz. So, Because um, with what I was predicting earlier, with the whole like you know Australia you know title match or number one contendership match, I feel like you're going to get Miz with that title eventually. And then you're going to have Daniel Bryan get his moment by defeating Miz for that title. That's how he gets the final, like, you know, the the I don't know, the last laugh on the Miz. So that's my prediction for it. I don't know if they can, you know, handle that booking <laughs> that far out. But um, if I was going to tell the story, it would be that. So um, of this feud, at least. I mean, so. I, I'd like to see them have a title match at Mania if that was possible. So do you think, okay, so let's say Miz does capture that belt. Do you do something where, like, they can't wrestle, you know, and, like, you know, for some reason Miz says, oh, this is the last match we're going to have, and then, you know, they don't touch until Mania, and you have him, like, winning the belt at Mania? Yeah, something similar to that. 
I would have maybe Brian having to go through the paces a bit to get back up. Like, Miz putting these constraints in front of him. Like, no, you need to get back at the end of the line, face this person, this person, this person. Yeah, if I beat you again, this is your last shot at me, and we, you know, I don't have to wrestle you anymore, mm-hmm. you know. Because, I mean, he kind of teased that, like, a couple weeks ago where he said, I'm retiring from Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. So maybe they work that again, um, you know, and they, you know, Daniel Bryan can't put hands on him again, you know, until he, you know, wins the Royal Rumble or something like that. So I could see that. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, I just don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know if they have the big picture like that in the WWE booking office. So um, I'm sure they're just waiting for it because the big rumor is The Rock is coming back, you know, for WrestleMania to have a match. So I'm sure they're just, you know, booking that match and they'll, you know, like two weeks before WrestleMania, book the rest of the card. <laughs> what, is, what is it going to be? Miz versus The Rock? Oh, God. Oh, God. I hope not. For the title? I hope not. I think Miz would be good with the title, though. I feel like he deserves it. Yes. You know? But I just think it'd be funny to have The Rock screw over The Miz again. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch it, though. <laughs> I think that was probably my least favorite WrestleMania moments of think, the time. Yes. I agree. So, um,. So, uh, but anyway, uh, what we what do we got? The Raw's Women's Championship yes. next? Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss. You know, on paper, this feels like it's poorly booked just because it's kind of, I don't know, there's no in-between matches, it seems like, but I felt like the pacing was good. Like, we said that earlier, but I felt like, you know, surprisingly, it worked. Um, well, I mean, Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles, then into Miz and Maurice versus Daniel Bryan. I feel like Miz and Maurice... I just Dan hate Bryan thinking Daniel Bryan and, you know, The Miz being an in-between match, like a cooler match for, you know, the Raw's Women's Championship match. But I see what you're saying. You know, I for me, I would have flipped it around. But I understand why you... Well, I guess you could have back-to-back. I mean, a lot of championships are on the line. Mm. so But that's what you're going to have when, you know, both brands are sharing pay-per-views. So... I guess pacing kind of gets thrown out the window at that point, you know? You know what? So, well, all that matters is that we were enjoying it. Yes, exactly. We were entertained the entire time. Oh. So. But yeah, so we had uh, the Rawls Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey, um, defending it against Alexa Bliss. Yes, Rousey, after weeks of torment from Bliss, comes in a little bit injured and sells through the, out the match. She did a really good job selling her ribs. Mm-hmm. She did a really good job selling her ribs. She told a good story. Um, I'm glad that Alexa got offense in. That was the one, you know, problem I had with their last match. Um, I felt, I understand, you know, Rousey should just be able to tear through Alexa Bliss. It makes sense. But if Alexa's been dominating the women's division on both shows mm-hmm. for, you know, the last couple of years, she should be a little bit more of a fight for Rousey. So... Um, but that being said, I thought this was well booked. Um, there are times with her matches at this point, and this is just because she's so green. I feel like they're too scripted. Um, like you can tell they're going from point A to point B. But, you know, that those transitions and everything like that will come to her in time. So, um, you know, I just feel like her matches are very scripted at this point, which is fine. I mean, some wrestlers mm-hmm. wrestle that way anyway. But I just, right now I can kind of see those, you can kind of see the strings, you gotcha. know, if that makes any sense. Um, but I feel like, God, how many matches she wrestled, you know. She's an amazing pay, like place for her career right exactly. now. 
wrestling only a handful of like big matches. So and she really pulls it off well and the crowd's into her. I mean, there's no denying that. Bliss did a great job, you know, playing the foil here and, you know, being, you know, the heel that she is. Um, you know, uh, the the growling bit I could probably have done without. <laughs> I guess it was a nice little yeah. moment, but I don't know. It was a little too on the nose. But uh, yeah, yeah. Overall, a good match. You know, Rousey gets the win, you know, by submission. So she retains the title. Which immediate. I, yes. Yes. Um, so, um, and Alexa is legitimately hurt. So we, she's off of the mixed match challenge as of right now. So I don't know what she yeah, injured. That match seemed kind of safe. I don't really know. But you never know what could happen in the mm-hmm. ring. But I. Because there's no reason for her to be the one wrestler selling the helmet. So yes. there's no one else is. <laughs> Literally no one else is. I'm pretty sure Hardy had a um, house match on Monday. Did he? Yes. Okay, he was not on the show on SmackDown. So at least he wasn't there. You know? Mm. <laughs> um, you know, you had Randy Orton in the uh, truck, like, watching footage of his match. Like, making the director, like, replay footage of his match and, like, creaming in his tights over it. It was really bizarre. Really, really bizarre. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> They're really like playing up the creep angle with Orton. It's just kind of funny. He's making someone in the back do something. Yeah, so he's... Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe too soon, WWE. <laughs> so yeah, like he's holding like one of like the directors or something in the truck like hostage, basically. Like he's holding his shoulders. Now, okay, so and, you like, saw both of his hands. Yes. You, <laughs> yes, at least he saw both of his hands. <laughs> Doesn't mean we don't know what he did off camera with them, but, you know. Um, but, yeah. All right. So, we're moving on to our main events, right? Yes. All right. Universal Championship. Hell in the Cell. Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. You have too much of a good thing, right? Uh-huh. This is where it takes a turn. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, we got, what, like two hours and a half of a, a, a mm. good show. Like, I would say... I mean, there wasn't really a bad match at all on this pay-per-view. I enjoyed thoroughly most of this pay-per-view yes. up to this moment. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's more of the ending, the way it was booked. Like, those two, the first part of it, like, you know, the first ten minutes of this, hmm. it was fine. I was fine with it. You know, I mean, it was hard-hitting. You know, you had all the spots that you would expect in a Hell in a Cell. Um my issue was the fact that, you know, you have, you know, Roman put Ron through a table, get up pretty energetically and make a pin. Braun kicks out and then they both lay there and they lay there and they lay there <laughs> and they lay there. For eight yes. fucking minutes. Now, to be fair, the camera wasn't on them. At that it point. doesn't matter. They <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. We've seen these guys yes. tear each other apart. We've seen these guys have to be taken out by, like, you know, vehicles and, you know, having stages dropped on them and ladders and everything. Braun sold that, you know, table spot more than he did that spot in Money in the Bank when he had all those fucking ladders drop on him. It literally made no sense it didn't make and i know sense. you could say wrestling but fuck that <laughs> there has to be some thread of logic here 
Like, to the point where I felt like, did something go wrong? Was there a miscue? So basically, they're laying there for a couple minutes, or maybe a minute or two, and then you get both, you know, teams come out. You get the Dogs of War, and you get S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, hit the ring. Um, they end up, like, chasing each other around. They end up on the top of the cage, you know, which was a cool moment. I enjoyed that moment. And right then and there, I almost would have expected Braun and Roman to eventually climb up there. And you have yes. both teams on top. Because visually, how awesome would that be to see both teams on top of that cage well, doing Visually, it was battle. a miscue not to have um, Braun breaking open the cage in general. Yeah, and we were predicting that happened in the first, like, two minutes of the mm-hmm. match, right? Um, but, god damn. So, they're laying there the entire time. They never get up on their own. So you have a spot with, you know, Rollins and Ziggler falling off the cage like halfway down. I'm not downplaying that. That is a far way to fall off the cage. Not it in was... front of Mick Foley. Yeah. <laughs> when you... you better jump off that fucking cage. <laughs> it was the 20th year anniversary. You know what, though? Someone should have came no, off the top. but... I don't. I feel like they've Fuck been. Their che- but I feel. <laughs> I feel like they've been cheapening that spot, and that moment in history with the amount of people that've been jumping off that cage lately. So I'm okay without someone jumping off that cage and have Foley's spot be as big as it should be. Because lately, I mean, Shane McMahon's jumped off that cage like twice now, right? Twice. Hell in the Cell with uh, Undertaker, mm. and then Hell in the Cell with Kevin Owens. You know, I mean, I just. I don't know. I, I just, I don't want well, to see them anyone get thrown. water that down. Also, I think it's incredibly irresponsible for them to keep on having people jump off that fucking cage. Well, you know, the other spot they should do is the one where the top breaks open and they fall No, that's the even worse than the fucking table spot, though. <laughs> Foley says that's wor- that was the worst of the bumps. Mm. That's the one that gets all the wrestlers popping because they know how hard the hitting that ring was. And it was also, like, it, it didn't go the way it was planned. So, I mean, I guess they could do the spot. And they've done it, I believe, in the past where they've actually, I think Foley went through the ring. Where um, they thinned out the actual mat. So he actually falls through yeah. the ring. Um, but, I don't know. I, I was fine with it. It's okay. My problem is... <laughs> yes, Ron, so like, down. Roman jumps up to make that pin cover... But then that was it. Like, all his energy was gone. Yes. You know, so Brock comes out. Lesnar comes out. And then beats on both of them. But still, I felt like it wasn't enough no. to justify calling the match and making a no contest. I mean, how many F5s has um, Roman taken? Yes. In their matches? Yes. It was a very poorly booked match. And what the fuck happened to McIntyre and Ambrose? At that point? Yeah. Well... They're just on top of the cage. And well, we don't Dolph, see them well Dolph is on the ground. Yes. He went through the table, so I'm fine with him. I don't know you where don't Drew see them is. Anymore. Where's Drew at, though? Drew's on top of the cage with Ambrose. Okay, so I think they just ended up... They're still in the cage. They're probably just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would... If I... Okay, so if you were to book it, and you still have the rock finish, unfortunately, how would you book it? I would have had full faction warfare on top of the cage. Yes, I agree, hundred percent. And Braun would have thrown someone off. Eventually, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a nice moment. But I would have that happening. I would eventually have probably if we had to end this way. I would have then 
uh, Strowman and Roman, you know, work their way down again, and then you have Brock jump them. Because mm-hmm. it just made no sense why. Like, they didn't earn a no contest. They didn't go through enough to get that no, no contest. And it felt like Hardy and Wharton went through more than they did. At that yes, point. and we've seen fucking the footage of Foley for the last, like, month going through that cage, everything mm-hmm. he's dealt with in that match, you know, getting up over and over again. And the guy still did a fucking run in the main event at the end of the night. So, I mean, you just kind of make your wrestlers, your main eventers, look pretty weak at that point. All to set up a match for fucking Saudi Arabia. They're not even doing this match That's in Australia. Sure, I know. Because I was assuming, like, okay, and they'll have a match on, you know. No, we're getting basically a Survivor Series match. In uh, Australia, mm-hmm. you're getting the two factions going against each other in a tag match, um, which I thought was weird also. So I feel like you're kind of wasting your bullet on that one. Like they could have waited a little bit to pull that, um, you know, match off, um, build it up a little more. So, but whatever. So, Dan, what would you have given a rating for this pay per view? Man, if I had to give a rating, because I mean, I gotta say, like, I enjoyed 90% of the card. Um, you know, and it, for WWE, I gotta say, like, some of these matches were matches of the year candidates. Mm-hmm. So, um, especially, like, the Joe versus, you know, Styles match, I really enjoyed that match. Um, and, and I enjoyed the hell out of the mm-hmm. Hardy and Orton match, which I did not see coming at all. Um, I'm gonna have to say, out of five stars, I would give it four. Because I haven't had a pay-per-view like this from a WWE in a say the majority of the matches I enjoyed you know and from the pacing like we talked mm. about um, even to like the way they executed the storylines I thought it was well done so I'm going to say 4 out of 5 stars for me I mean this pay per view got me to cheer for Dolph Ziggler winning a title and I don't think I've cheered for Dolph Ziggler since AJ Lee was by his side you mean retaining the title? yeah retaining the yes. title yeah, so, actually winning a match Yeah. so it's I'm for me, I mean, the main event really hit me hard, so I'm going to say three and three quarters. Yeah. I just for really... level four. I can't, I can't fully give it that four because I feel like they wasted a moment. They gave, um, you know, they gave Lesnar the breaking open the cage, making it look really easy. Uh, he easily defeats the top guys in your show. Yeah. Um, using a broke, broken pieces of a table and it's definitely the reason why I got four stars for exactly. me just not a higher grade just because of that moment um I want to give it more I do I really yeah. want to give it more but at the same time that's how you ended the show that's how you wanted yeah. me to that that's the taste you left in my mouth at the end of this I program. agree with that I agree I, with that I my part of me too well like wondered like what could they have done to make you know like did i come into that match knowing i was going to hate this match um and i think probably yes um that being said there's probably 20 different ways you could have booked that match Mm. where it would have been at least acceptable i'm glad the one thing i'm glad about is braun didn't lose cleanly Mm. that's what i'm glad you know like they didn't just put roman over braun right away um that was probably my biggest fear so maybe that's why I'm not as sour on it, but it's still just a horribly booked match. It I would have rather just... it have been just teammates messing up the match. And then just being no contest? 
I, I, I still would have been fine with, you know, it being a screwy finish, but someone actually being a See, I winner. just hate seeing Braun win it or lose at this point, you know. Just because I feel like there's still so much, you know, meat on the bone for mm. those two factions. But that would have been in, like, not to use the word, but mediocre finish rather than a terrible finish where it's no contest inside of a Hell in a Cell match with Brock Lesnar easily defeating everyone. See, I feel like, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I feel like we can get back to where we need to be after Lesnar's gone and after the stupid fucking, you know, Saudi Arabia pay-per-view. <laughs> Um, you know, between these two teams where I feel like it kind of, if they would have lost there, it would have just squashed all the heat that they had. So I, I see what you're saying, but I just, I, I definitely... I can't trust them with long-term booking. No, I agree. I agree. But I just don't, I want there to be a chance mm. where I feel like if they would have pulled the trigger on Roman just defeating Braun in their first real match as like heel and face, you know, I feel like you just kind of destroy the angle before you started so i'm glad that you know they left it open and that we can revisit it and give them at least a shot and booking it down the line um but yeah no it's still a fucking horrible yeah. finish don't get me wrong so but yeah yeah four stars which is not what i was expecting you know when i started this pay-per-view so you know i feel like these you know markets that are spending all this money to get the wwe um you know in their you know, country are like fucking up the pacing of the storytelling, you know, and just the booking in general. I feel like we're getting matches that almost storyline wise seem watered down because they feel the need to announce matches before, or, you know, uh, the pay-per-view ends or before, you know, the pay-per-view even happens. So you already know there's going to be a rematch, mm. you know, after the initial match. Um, you know, like the Miz and Daniel Bryan match, they announced it on SmackDown. Maybe it's the first time they announced it on camera, but it was reported on WWE.com, I swear, like a couple weeks ago. So just storyline-wise, it's just, it's bad storytelling. It's bad booking. It really is. And just with all the, the weirdness of the schedule, like I think the Saudi Arabia match is again on, like, uh, event is on Friday, you know, and I think the Australia mat, uh, event is on Saturday. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. I just really feel like, you know, it's just fucking up the storylines. So, you know, but they're getting a lot of money. Yes. A lot of money. Especially with the the Saudi deal. A lot of money. I'm just, I don't know why they're not getting any backlash. You know, they're supposed to be in this point of like this women's revolution and everything. Yet they're taking money on a show where they're not allowed to bring their women wrestlers. And so, and I understand, ex, you know, respecting other people's mm. cultures and everything, but there's a point where, like, you know, civil rights violations are civil rights violations, you know, and Saudi, you know, Saudi Arabia is, you know, well known for, you know, their violations, you know, against women and, you know, how awful they are, you know, how horribly they treat their mm. women. And they're just starting now to try to turn a leaf, you know, a new leaf. But you still got shit like this that they gotta deal with, so... I mean, there's a point where, as a company, you need to, like, draw the line and, like, no, this is not what we stand for. So, that's just me, though. But even with this um, all-women's pay-per-view, they need to start now building yes. towards it. Start building storylines. Start giving us a reason to give a damn about um, Trish going up against Alexa Bliss or... And they started, they did have Trish show up a couple weeks ago, 
but we haven't seen anything since. Mm. It seemed like they pulled the trigger on that too soon. They should have had that right after, you know, the Hell in the Cell yeah. match. Because there is nothing. There's no real storylines there at all. Um, no, and you would think uh, Becky Lynch versus uh, Charlotte would have been booked for Evolution, not Super Show right now. And especially yes. if that's just a month I was away. surprised by that, too. Because you would think you would get some kind of really big, like, marquee women's title match. But as of right now, I don't believe you have anything. I, I'm guessing you're going to get the rumored Rousey versus uh, uh, Nikki Bella, which I don't want to see at all. Um, you know, it is what it is, but I don't want to see that match mm. at all. So I'm sure at in Australia they'll turn on her, you know, something will happen and, you know, you get that match, which I guess for some people is a dream match, maybe. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no one word no who's like if that's your dream it. match or, hey man they still they get a pop when they come out when they made the save this week they made the save for Rhonda. she got jumped by Alexa Bliss and her little faction um, and then the Bellas came out and saved her and then you know a, a portion of the audience cheered you know so they I mean, have you fans have... Is it just Nikki turning heel? Do you have Brie turning heel? I think Nikki... Because in her situation right now with Daniel, it doesn't make any sense. And Well, actually, you know what? Now, um, Maurice is done. Okay. So she they said that that was her last appearance on SmackDown. So you could technically have her move away from Daniel now and just be on Raw and then have her corner Nikki. So then at least, you know, you feel like it's a little... I know better odds for Nikki having Brie in her corner against Ronda Rousey because you know to me she should just tear through her. That's not a threat. I'd much rather see her and like Sasha Banks or her and you know Charlotte. I know you've got like this once again you've got this kind of old timers day vibe going on you know and I don't mind it because a lot of these female wrestlers who are coming back like Trish Stratus and stuff they can still go mm-hmm. you know from what we saw at the Rumble this year. Um, as long as they bring back the right, you know, wrestlers. I don't. Was Beth Phoenix? Is she having a match? I think. I think it's rumored. There was a rumored list of like all the matches that was like leaked. Okay. Um, was there it was her a and rumor Jax? that um, her and Natalia were going to team up. Oh, for and that the tag, tag match for the tag team championship tournament. Oh, okay. And I'm I'm cool with that. They do a tournament for. I, I, like I said, I feel like the women's division definitely needs a tag team. You know, belts. Um, just to give you know the other women who aren't in the main event picture something to do and like feuds but and stuff. don't wait till after super show to start announcing and yes. showing this stuff up. yes don't wait to two weeks out you know um start to build now that should have been announced you know on monday and tuesday mm-hmm. of this week so and it wasn't so i agree you know and, and rumors are the ticket sales are pretty low for this which is exactly. you start building stories yes Yes, you can't just expect people to show to up. Care. Yes, you can't just expect people to show up for the spectacle of an old, an old women's pay per view. Because exactly. honestly, TNA already beat you to punch. This already happened mm. a couple of years back. They did this before. So, and WWE wants to pat themselves on the back and act like they're these huge innovators. TNA did this, and they were way ahead of the curve. So, and there was an all you know women's pay per view too with another federation. Um, so it. It's not that ground. Yeah, we have shows like Stardom. Yes. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> the only thing that exists is WWE. Christian. Sure. 
That's the only thing that exists. So, <sighs> and anything that they can get good press from, they're going to, you know, milk it for all it's worth. And like I said, it is still a good thing that they are getting, you know, mm. the spotlight they deserve and that yes. they're, ex- you know, now realizing that, you know, hey, women can wrestle, you know, and it, it, it's, it actually is entertaining. Um, but I still feel like they're not doing all that they can, you know. It's I, more for the PR than I, it is for the actual, you know, sport of, you know, women's wrestling. I just want them to do better in general. Not just for the women, not for everyone. I want everyone to be booked better at this point. Oh, well, yes. I just <laughs> That goes without saying. I agree. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, what, okay. If you were to be in charge of one angle, one program, what would you book? That's going on right now? Or that I could see going on right now? What would you think would start to right the ship for WWE? If you could make something happen. There are a lot. Vince McMahon is allowing you to book one (laughs) angle. What would you like to see? Something simple that they could do right now is have Finn win that tournament. Okay. Because he has not done shit. See, but I could see him win the tournament. It won't matter, though. And they'll forget about it the next day. Yeah. You know? Because he's won, he's won matches, but it just they forget about it. The only thing I would really love is, again, my faction idea, which is having one faction that's just running house around all the shows. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I really want to see. And I want to see it with the club, but they're never going to pull the trigger on that. No. No, if they're smart, they would do that like Survivor Series. But no, I don't. I don't think they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. That'd be fantastic, though. If they're like I said, they want to counter like all in and everything. You put all those guys together, and you have you know a Shield versus you know the club. You know their WWE's or you know version of the club. You could do that. Mm. So, um, but they're not. Going and to not do that. the running around calling everyone nerds. Version of no, I want no. You want brutalizing yes. and just taking over in general. Yes, you want machine gun. Yes, you don't want you know Carl Anderson who's running around with nerd stickers and sticking them on people's backs because that's basically what's happening right now. Um, so yeah, no, I agree. That would be. Wait, cool. Have they even been on anything lately? They've done little segments and stuff like that on SmackDown. They were part of that uh, tournament to see who would you know get the you know kickoff match mm-hmm. <laughs> on uh, Hell in the Cell but not really it's sad that that was a tournament for the kickoff show no. well they didn't know at the time but no, they should have they should have <laughs> can't have more than one tag team you know championship defended on the pay-per-view you know in their eyes so but yeah I don't know man I don't know for me I'd probably go along the same lines as you I would like to see and I don't know if it's the club I just want to see a good heel faction just kind of take over and just run rampant over, you know, all of WWE. I think mm. that would be fun, um, you know, and just a, a faction like that can, you could have so many offshoot storylines, you know, working and, you know, give this sense of importance to every match, you know, where you're having, you know, people going up against this, you know, faction trying to defeat them and, you know, coming up short week after week until finally they prevail. I mean, it's classic late 90s NWO booking. Um, just don't do it in the WCW way where you water it down so much where no one cares anymore. Matches actually have conclusions. I love, I saw this little thing um, report of 
fans like having an uprising after Hell in a Cell, and they like w- with video attached, and it's just fans chanting bullshit. Yes. Like back in the late nineties, WCW like their their like nitros would end with like fans like throwing shit into the ring, like Monday after Monday. The NWO would come out, cause interference, and that match would end in a no contest. And people would throw fucking shit. I mean, you've seen the segment with uh, when Hogan turns heel, mm-hmm. right? Where they're literally getting bombarded by fucking litter in the ring. That's a fan uprising. Not people chanting bullshit in the ring. You know, I, whatever. You know, but that's the internet now where they like magnify everything and make mm-hmm. it into a bigger deal than it really is. That'd be- Awesome! If they start yes. throwing shit, <laughs> yes. Uh, but I was, I'm surprised we haven't seen like a cup full of soda smack brains in the face. I think I think now they're probably so quick to just arrest whoever you know, mm. or just kick people out. I don't know. I mean, people are I don't know, or maybe people are just too scared to and rather break a beach ball instead. Yeah. I don't know, but whatever you know, chant boring during these matches. That's one thing that Vince McMahon hates. That's his kryptonite. You start chanting boring during a match, he will start rethinking his booking. Oh, what I wanted to say earlier was, do you remember when they had the fucking rumors for Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe making a faction with the um, fucking, uh, with Triple H? What was that? This was a while. Maybe like a... Well, they kind of had that, right? When, um... When Kevin Owens first won the belt, the Universal title, and then Samoa Joe debuted, Samoa Joe was kind of his, like, backup for things. But a little Triple bit, H, but they never went anywhere. No, well, Samoa Joe ended up getting hurt. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, they kind of, like, toyed with the idea, so, but I didn't know that was, like, a full-fledged, like, rumor, you know, because then Triple H was off camera, like, pretty much mm-hmm. soon after, so... But yeah, I that's what that. that's what you would like. I would love that. I feel like Triple H wouldn't be able to control himself though, and he would book himself in like all the main events, and you know, make himself. Well, all I strong. want Triple H to do is have an authority role, not be almost in that Ric Flair kind of spot yes. that Flair was in with Evolution. You know, um, I could see that. That'd be cool. I don't know who the other members would be at the moment, but starting with those two, that'd be. I do like the little angle that they're working right now with Owens, with him just like having carte blanche and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. I think that's a kind of cool idea. I don't know if it'll go anywhere, but, um, you know, I feel like we are starting to see, you know, like badass Owens like the last couple weeks again. So um, it feels like he's going to just end up working a program with Lashley. You know, that's what's going to end up happening. Um, Lashley was out with. Um, Leo, what's his name? Leo Rush? Yeah. As his uh, manager this week. It worked. Lashley definitely needs a mouthpiece. I'm just, I was surprised that he was able to say, I'm Lashley's manager. Because those are words that we have not heard in a long time in the WWE. Someone actually saying, I'm their manager. So, I mean, Heyman's an advocate. So that was like a dirty word, you know. You know, on WWE television for a long time. So, seems like we're going to start getting more managers. And there's a lot of wrestlers who can use them. And, you know, he was good. He was actually fantastic on the mic. He's definitely playing a character and playing it up a little bit. But, goddamn, that guy's athletic. Did you see any of that? No. So, they do a spot where the guys are trying to chase after him. He's just fucking jumping over people. 
it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Um, Elias called <laughs> called him um, Lashley's kid. He kept on saying that he was Lashley's son when he first came <laughs> onto the stage. He's like, "Whose kid is this?" <laughs> <laughs> it was good shit. It was. Um, so I don't know because Lashley needs something right now. You know, they're definitely not doing him any justice booking wise. So at this point I'd see what where where is he gonna go with Lashley yeah what would they want to do with Lashley what do you mean Cause I don't see him winning any titles right now unless it's like the Intercontinental type championship after it's I been think taken he'd be probably in the line for like a strong mid car run you know if he gets over enough I could see that you know they definitely are invested in him you know he gets plenty of TV time every week so it's I don't think moments yeah but that's just their horrible writing. But I feel like that's not... It's not due to the lack of trying, you know? <laughs> They're still invested in him. They haven't given up on him at all. Um, but, yeah, you know, are they booking him well? No, not at all. They just need to make him a monster hill, have him shut his fucking mouth, and let this guy talk for him, um, and then have him just destroy people if they really want to get him over. So, you know, will they do that? Probably not. Nope. So. But, all right, man. Is that going to do it for us? Yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for ending on such a down note, but <laughs> that's wrestling. Yep. We'll start talking New Japan soon, right? Yes, we're on the way to destruction. That's right. I did not get to see uh, Ishii vs. Omega this weekend. I will mm-hmm. be catching up soon after this show. So hopefully we'll have some New Japan to talk about. And we still have New Japan coming stateside. Yes. They're going to be in Long Beach, I believe, at the end of the month. So, Ten days, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and that should be an awesome card, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, we'll be talking a lot of horror movies. <laughs> yes. October's a promise. Probably a little less wrestling in the next, like, month or so. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we still haven't talked about Iron Fist. Uh, I think we're both, like, in the midst of watching it. Nope. At least... I, I fell asleep during the first the episode. <laughs> Once a fucking Meacham showed up, I passed right out. So I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> um, but no, I'm, I'm going to watch it, I swear. So probably in the next couple weeks, we'll, get we'll, to it we'll, we'll do a review for it. So um, sorry, I'm not on the edge of my seat waiting for Iron Fist. But you're enjoying it so far? Yes. Okay. If, right. you, if you forgive and forget the first season it can definitely get through this oh that's gonna be hard to do christian that's gonna be hard there's some motivations that are shaky because (laughs) of the first season but beyond that all right all right enough said we'll we'll get there Mm -hmm. so um well that's gonna do it for this week uh before we move on and say goodbye we'd like to give some shout outs to some awesome podcasts that we think you should be listening to first up we have Crime in Movies, not for the faint of heart. We take a look at actors, directors, producers, and anyone else in the industry who has turned criminal. And you can follow them on all your uh, favorite podcast platforms. Um, We also have Small Town Mentality, and they're part of the DCP Network. Um, our home now. Yes. So, a uh, small town mentality podcast hosted by Ben and Austin. Uh, a comedy based, no topic, no direction, random guests, see where it goes podcast. Um, they are what they say they are, but it's a good time, so check them out. 
So uh, we also have three men in a podcast. We play and review all genres of music and make our own comedic jams. Send us your song picks and get played. Proud members of the Infirmary Media Network. Um, and last but not least, we've got the Bad Reception Podcast. Uh, whether the critics hated it, audience ignored it, or the network pulled the plug, Mike and Morgan make the best of bad TV every Tuesday. Give them a listen. All right. And you know what has good reception? Our network. Damn straight. Make sure that you are checking out DCP Network. What does that stand for? Drama City Production. Yes. Uh, You can find them on Twitter. They have a Twitter, and you can also find the website. That's right, yeah. Uh, All links will be in our description and on all of our social media pages. So go ahead and uh, check us out over there, and check out all the great podcasts that they've got. Exactly. And while you're at it, just continue to check us out on all of our platforms. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, Podbean, Player FM, um, and many more. Spotify. Spotify. Definitely <laughs> one of them. It hits on a lot. Um, and then, as you mentioned, we're on a lot of social media. That's right. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, go ahead and give us a follow on all of those uh, pages. Um, we try to bring something different to each one of them. So um, if you want to just, you know, give us your feedback, um, go ahead and do that. If you've got any questions, go ahead, you know, let us know. We respond pretty quickly. Um, and you know what? Also, don't forget, you know, if you like the show, give us your support. Exactly. You know, so go ahead, subscribe, review, rate us, you know, give us that positive feedback so we can keep this show going. Yes, and we are still making more and more content for you because now we're on Twitch as well. That's uh, right. You heard us talk about video games at the beginning of the show, so I've been playing video games Fuck for that. you guys. Watch Christian exactly. play some video games, <laughs> goddammit. That's what the kids are doing nowadays, exactly. right? Exactly. You can follow us there. You can support us there. There's all these different ways that you can get in, to- in contact with us there. Uh, definitely continue to follow and support in every way that possible. Yes, absolutely. And oh, we're also on 12 Hotspur. Oh, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Not that they're an afterthought, but check us out over yes. there if you want to. Plenty we'll... of sports radio shows on that channel. Yes, great content over there, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, But yeah, that's going to do it for this It's going to do it. Make sure that you check out Greg, um, our house DJ. That's right. And you can follow him on SoundCloud. He's also on Instagram. Yes. And then we also have the house band that you're listening to right now. Them Guilty Aces. So... They also have a Twitter page. They're on iTunes. Download their music. Uh, if you live in the Chicagoland area, they're doing tons of shows. Go ahead and check them out. Now, Damon, that's how you end the show. <laughs> this is Christian. And this is Damon. That's the Amazing Nerd Show. Stay nerdy, assholes. So what are you going to do with that thing? I'm going hunting. So what you hunting? It's crazy evil.